Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Well, the unofficial start of summer is about a week away. Yay. So I think... Long winter. It's been a long winter. I'm having a hard time, actually, still going outside, not thinking that there's snow on the ground. That's because there still is snow on the ground. I I actually have seen some lately again. I'm sure you see it in... Shelter belts, little and ravine whatever. shelter yep, belts. Yep, yeah, yeah, it's crazy yet. So yeah, um, so I thought what we would do today, Steve, on the Tech Ranch is talk a little bit about like the apps and things that we use for travel. Oh yeah, I think that this is very timely because you know people are always wanting to travel, travel. For Memorial Weekend. Why are you pointing at my nose? No, it's scratching mine. Oh, I had an itch. <laughs> like what do I got on my nose? No, you don't have anything. <laughs> I just had an itch. I got it. Okay. That's good. It's okay. <laughs> Sometimes people do yeah. that. So do you uh, do you like to travel over the summer? I travel a lot for not necessarily recreation, but for work or dog shows. Right. Okay. So I, I do, do go to a lot of dog shows. You do do? You do, do a lot of dog shows. That's yeah. good. Pun intended, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just caught that there, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, I... I, I kind of try to do work and vacation at the same time because i'm busy i i try to multitask do you tend to travel more over the summer locally because of better road conditions or whatever or does it not really matter to you no it doesn't really matter okay and kind of old school north dakota it's like you get where you need to go just might take you a little longer yeah i mean weather conditions aside there i really don't have a travel season I just travel. So what are your pain points to travel? Road construction. Okay. Anything else? Uh, Time constraints. Okay. So when you plan out a time and because of road construction or something else, it takes longer than what you planned on because trying to budget time all the time is... Kind of important. Do you find it helpful? Like, do, so do you use Google Calendar, for example? Yeah. Do you find it helpful when it reminds you that it's now time to leave to get to your destination on time? Oh, I, if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't exist because of the, the multitasking. Stuff. Right. So I, I use the calendar a lot. It's like, and I'll put in a trip and I always roll things at least an hour early. So I got to be in across the state or in Minnesota or in Colorado at this time while I'll, depending on the length of the trip, if I'm driving, flying, or I got to be at the airport, it's, oh, no, bank in some extra time there just in case. But you but you schedule that, right? Yeah. So what I'm asking you more like is... Because if it's is, not in my calendar, it doesn't exist. Because the AI in Google Calendar now will actually estimate the amount of time it takes for you to get to your place on time so if i have scheduled something with you at one of my favorite coffee shops around here my calendar will actually inform me that you know you need to leave within five minutes to make it there on time i'll get a, an alert that comes up on my phone from my calendar which is kind of cool 
Okay, so that might and, get me someplace really early because I I do my own factoring in of okay, is there road construction? So, but that's what it Google does. Google Maps, because I'll take a look at Google yes. Maps and well, so with AI, with Google, with the calendar, they're integrating the maps and the calendar. Uh, right. So what they do is they integrate what they consider concurrent traffic conditions, road construction, weather, whatever else it's going to do, and it factors all that stuff in there and tells you approximately how much time it's going to take for you to get there from your calendar. So one app rules them all, right? Well, it's it's convenient. I mean, I, I tend to put the address of where I'm going into my calendar anyway, because if I, and I put all the information I can in my Google calendar, because if I'm meeting with you, I want to know what we're meeting about. If there's any documents, I put all that stuff in there too. And that way, when I get to the meeting, I have everything in one place. There's no, oh crap, I forgot that. I try to keep it yeah. all in that one place, right? So to me, it's like my calendar is really probably the most important app that i use now because of all that but but i really like that feature because you know it used to be like coming to the studio today you know it'd be like 10 minutes out it would just alarm would go off saying that you know you got to meet steve at the studio uh and you got 10 minutes to get there now it's changed so that you know 18 minutes out or whatever whatever it factors in for that travel time is when i get the alert with the cutoff at 10 minutes so if it's six minutes travel time, then I would get the 10 minute alert saying it's time to go. But if it realizes that it's going to take me 18 minutes to get here, it'll give me that alert instead, which I think is kind of cool. Does it factor in how long it takes you to get up from your desk and walk over to the door and actually get out without talking to people? No. Okay. So there's that. The AI is going to have to learn that. You have to train that. that. Yes. And if I need a cup of coffee along the way, I need to, you know, do that. Yeah, and all that stuff, too. So I should program that in because obviously I don't have coffee in front of me. Which is a little weird if we're going to a coffee shop. Why would you stop and get coffee? But I guess that learns (laughs) that as well. No, on the studio run. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could fire up the Keurig. Yeah, we could. First generation Keurig. And by the second hour today, we should have coffee, yes, right? Yes, we would. <laughs> this is a second generation Keurig? At first, I think. Okay. It's really interesting. Yeah. It just kind of sits there. Well, remember, we did fire it up one day. It took, one day. It took about 45 minutes for us to figure out how to work it. So that's the second thing I need to get for the studio, because I need, I need a power uh, stand right here. So I need to run an extension cord. With like a six outlet, you know, usually they're the the power strips. I'd like to get one that stands a, a little taller so that you can just plug it in there. So, yeah, like a block. We can mount that somewhere in here, right? Absolutely. And then, and then the second thing would be an updated Keurig. Okay, well, we're that So that way we can have a cup of coffee in a minute. (laughs) Just be happy it's here. (laughs) Oh, I'm not not arguing that at all. I think it's great that we have one in here. Uh, I just see that it doesn't get used a whole lot, and I'm sure it's because it's 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 almost a collector's piece Yeah, it is. I bet it is. I bet it is. You could could put that up in there. I did see that. uh, Did you see this image of uh, the CEO of Apple? was going to an event, and somebody showed up with the first generation of an Apple computer. I heard about that. I did not see it. This was kind of amazing, and he, and he, he just looked at this thing and was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> somebody had one, and, and it actually sold. Somebody still sold it for like $18,000. Yeah, still in the wow. box. Yeah, hadn't been opened yet. So if you got a warehouse full of Apple computers that you couldn't get rid of, uh, you know, 35 years ago, they're worth a couple dollars now. I should have held on to my Commodore 64. You know, 
It's funny you bring that up. If people, if you're young enough, just saying if you're young enough, the and there's screen. an emer- and there's an emerging <laughs> technology that's coming out that's hardware like a some type of computer or a gaming system or whatever. If buy you buy two and keep one in the box, it's like a switch, right? Switches were what three or four hundred bucks when they came out, yeah. right? Three or four years ago, uh, and I, I ran out. I, I mean, a person really should have bought thirty of those things. And if you can sit on the ten thousand dollars and put it away for for twenty years, you know those things will be those things will sell. If they're not open, I'll bet you for a thousand bucks or more easily wow. twenty years from now. So the return on investment is pretty good if you don't need it to be liquid. It's like a technological so. tide beanie baby. It is. It really is. I mean, the price will go down dramatically. Like if you had a first generation one now used, you can probably buy switches for fifty or a hundred bucks. I'm guessing. Uh, I don't know for a fact, but but. If you have not opened it and it sits there for twenty years, it will go up in value. They all they all do. That's what's amazing. Except for maybe the CRT CRT monitors. That would be the one thing that you can't oh, get on. rid of them. You, you, that that green hue. You just yeah. Come on. You gotta love it, right? You do. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. <laughs> it it, it I, keeps rattling through my head. Uh, the Big Bang Theory episode. There was a couple episodes with with collectibles, uh, most notably Star Trek. It's like, don't take them out of the box. That's right. Leave them in the box. Leave the toys in the box. They're worth a lot more money when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, getting back to apps here. So I I have to tell you, my biggest thing is probably standing in lines. I I just, I don't know if it's just because I've traveled so much over the years and, and from where we live, I'm not saying I'm not patient either, just so you understand that, because I'm probably one of the most patient guys you'll ever meet. Glad you clarified. But, but there is something about standing in a line for me, because to me it's like a, it's just such a huge waste of time. I don't feel as much about that as I used to, because you can be on your phone doing some things or whatever. And I notice that people don't complain as much standing in lines now because they have. A device that they can catch up on their email or text people. Or whatever. And that's just it. I was going to come back to that. How many people do you see standing in line that are just standing in line? Nobody. Nobody's nobody. just standing in line. Unless you're like the next person up. Yeah. And then you're getting ready for the transaction. But other than that, you're on. Most people are on their device, which is interesting too. Well, and it doesn't matter if you're online at the grocery store, if you're online at the airline counter, yeah, if yeah. you're online at a bus station, yeah. or if you're online waiting for the next Uber or Lyft to show up. Everybody's on their device. It, yeah. Well, it's, it's dead time. But know, a lot of those, it'd be interesting to find out how many people are actually um, doing other things on that device versus utilizing the app for their mode of transportation for that device. Now, I would say if you're using a Lyft or Uber, you're probably... Because I catch myself going, where's my driver? Where's my driver? Where's my right, driver? It's right, like, you're, you're monitoring it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm the same way. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll sit and watch the whole thing. Had a pizza delivered the other night. It's like, why did he turn that way? I'm over here. And, uh, you know, Domino's has this tracking thing that even shows you where the driver's at. And we're we're like... How come he turned right over here? Does not you know? And then you realize that maybe the driver has a couple more deliveries. It's not just yours, you know. Well, that's uh, a little arrogant. I I won't argue with you. They should only show the driver when they're coming to your house, not to others as well. Although knowing where they stopped for the pizza 
could be interesting. Why is my driver in the bathroom right now? <laughs> <laughs> Hope he washes his hands. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, but yeah, I catch myself I catch myself checking to see where the drivers are at all the time. So there's that. But it would be curious to see what other what people do other than checking for their mode of transportation. I mean, are they playing a game? Are they just texting or catching up with emails? A lot of it's social media. I think so. A lot of it's social media. Whether it's TikTok me. or, unless you're in Montana, uh, or uh, Facebook or MySpace. Yeah, <laughs> all of that, right? The Tech Ranch. If you're to the Tech Ranch, let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. So apps that you use for travel. Um... Let's just start with your favorite app. What's your favorite app to use when you travel? Google Maps. Okay. I, I, I love maps. I, actually, I'm glad to see the paper maps are making a comeback because they are. But I didn't know this. They they are. Wow. They're, they're starting to sell more and more paper maps. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Just a nostalgia of it? Or? Sick of driving off cliffs? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so my, my mom and I had this conversation on Mother's Day. I pick her up. We're going to Mohall, North Dakota. They have a greenhouse there where they serve meals in. So you can be surrounded by the plants and stuff. It's actually very, very cool if you're ever up in that neck of the woods. And uh, anyway, I punched this into... And all the plants are sitting there. It's like, damn. Yeah. That I just ate Ray. Ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she was telling me about... You know, these people, when they use their GPS or whatever, that they've driven into lakes and whatever else. And I'm like, let me see. What would you trust more, your eyesight or the device telling you to drive into the lake? Well, if you're reading the device and being distracted while driving, then... I suppose you would drive into the lake then, right? It's the nexus of where the two combined right it's the crossroads and then and then of course we brought up devil's lake because devil's lake of course has expanded the lake itself has expanded a lot over the last few years so there are roads that actually do drive into the lake up there so if google maps hasn't you know updated for example there's that possibility that you would do that but i just think it's interesting you know it's Um, funny I, i used to drive across the country a lot and i would have a door the little door pocket yep full I had a map of every state that I was driving through. And if I was driving through 14 states on a trip, I had probably 18 to 20 maps in the door. It is amazing that we don't have, that we just take off and go someplace now and trust the fact that all the information we have is in a phone. There was a time not that long ago that you bought GPS units separately. Right. Well, it, it's that was not how dis- it was right away. It's not dissimilar from electronics when you're fishing. Uh, right. Lo- load the lake map. Yep. That that's what you did. Yep. Or do now, and then but the the GPS was different. It was at that point. Um, I, I remember the the big epiphany day because maps are cool. I like maps. Yep. But when I got my gazetter, what? Oh, <laughs> what is a gazetter? I have never heard of really? this. I obviously don't fish enough. No, no, this is for travel. Just roads. Oh, it's, it's got uh, even every, even more confused. It's a book, and you either have them by state. Which it gets into minute details of every backcountry road that you could possibly imagine. Is this a, a device or is this no, paper? It's a paper book. Wow! It's like an almanac. Okay, like, like a big yeah oversized book. Yeah, and, but they also have them for the entire country. 
But you can look up and go, oh, yeah, I need to go on that back road section, whatever, down here. And that's so the, where my secret good pheasants hunting spot was. So they make these for for both states and then national. Right. So you could buy one for yeah, because, the state of Nebraska if you wanted to. Right. Before GPS, uh, right. it, it kind of came through the trucking industry. Interesting. For logistics. Because hmm. they were... And you don't get this anymore? Well, they're still out there. Okay. But hyperactive or uh, hyper accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so there's a couple of any any other apps besides the, the go to Google Maps? Well, it depends on what my mode of transportation is. So if let's I see, let's say you're let, let's pick on road trips first, because I think, okay. you know, with Memorial Day coming up on us, I think most people look at this National as the road first trip day. National yeah. Road Trip Day is, is you know, the Friday before Memorial Day, which, by the way, I'm going on a road, road trip. trip. So yeah. am I, ironically. Yes. Uh, where are you going? Uh, dog show. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to Pontiac, Illinois. Better in Pontiac, Michigan, I guess. It's the official destination for National Road Trip Day this year. So really? going there, I guess uh, I guess they're pulling a car out of the museum I so thought for you were me to say, drive out of, out of the lake. <laughs> That'd probably be more appropriate. You're pull this car out of the lake for Marlo. I have no idea what so I'm going to get to drive. He drives it back into the lake. This this should be fun though. And and uh, I was trying to get a tux with tails. Do you know how difficult that is right now? In fact, I used to go to Men's Warehouse, and you know all these brands that we talk about on the show should start listening to us. Well, and, yes. You know, but uh, and I like Men's Warehouse because when I travel across the country, I do proclamation ceremonies for national days, right? And I had this like uh, Puxitani Phil Monopoly Man type of of tuxedo that I would always rent, and then I would just pick it up at the nearest Men's Warehouse when I get there because they have a big enough network across the country, right? Well, they stopped carrying my tux. And I can't even and I can't even buy it. So I'm kind of stuck right now. I'm not sure what I should wear for National Road Trip Day, if it should be a tux or should I wear something that's more geeky road trippy? I don't know. Shorts I I have a tux, but I don't think it'd fit you. Well I have a couple tuxes as well. Not that that's a shot because I know it doesn't fit me anymore either. <laughs> I have tuxes that fit me, but it's not the tux. That's not the look I'm after, you know. So, but you what about the tails? What what I was after those, and then of course the top hat and the gloves and the cane. And I have those. I have the top hat and the gloves and the cane. I just need the tux. And now so, I have that taco song in my head. Oh yes, putting on the Ritz. putting on the Ritz. Marlo putting on the Ritz. Ooh, with the little cheese, cheddar cheese. Bum, 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 <laughs> little cheddar cheese on a Ritz. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm going to be, I, the plan was I was going to be driving this this classic car with classic tails, you know, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do now, but we'll figure it out. So if you're going to be in tails, would you actually be driving the car because the driver or maybe i get a chauffeur with butler would be driving that that's interesting i'm not sure if i have a chauffeur or not and that might actually be how this works because i cannot imagine that they're going to pull a car out of the museum and give me the keys yeah don't give marlo the keys to the duesenberg not that i've ever been in any major accidents it's just that i tend to have fun with vehicles right well and you'll be busy waving 
That's right. Wrist, wrist, elbow. Yeah, elbow. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. with both arms. Oh, yeah. both. See, yeah. that, now you're going to have to have a driver. Yeah, because it's real difficult to do without. So, uh, well, you drive with your knees. Yes, I've done that once or twice as well. You should ask them. Usually, while a, reading a map, by the way, do they have an auto- and eating a sandwich <laughs> and drinking a pop? Do I they, wasn't putting lipstick on. Changing though. the radio station. <laughs> I was. I was used to laugh at, at women that that uh, uh, I don't know how they did. I mean, I always thought about you know you know reading a map and like I said eating a sandwich or whatever I was driving. I do not know how they put lipstick on on a car that's that's bouncing down the road. That's a talent. That's a skill set. That is a full skill set right there. Lots of practice. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you should see um, if they have an autonomous car in the museum for you. So that would be fun, right? I, mean, I don't think so. It's a museum. I can't imagine that they would have an autonomous car in well, a museum. It depends on what, uh, Corvette Museum's got the brand new latest Corvette. That's true. All right. I can I can check into that. It'd be fun to have an autonomous vehicle. So what's the, the automotive museum? What if it's a Tesla museum? I, I believe... Did you ask what the museum was? My guess, it's Pontiac's. I did not ask, but since uh, it's in Pontiac, Illinois, my guess is the museum is... Pontiacs. Which they don't make anymore, so I can see where there's a museum. Yeah. So just kind of thinking that that's what it's going to be. I'll have to look this up, actually. I, I'm picturing you in a tux and tails and <laughs> sitting on the back. Sweating profusely in, in a non-air-conditioned car. In, in the Sunbird convertible. <laughs> well, that would be fun. Circa 1982. That would be fun. <laughs> Is there anything back from the 40s or 50s that are convertibles? I, well, a lot of them are rumble seats oh yes now we're talking the tech ranch super talk Don't miss a minute of the tech ranch as we explore the cutting edge of tech with marlo and steve for more exclusive content visit thetechranch.com and just in case you're joining us or just joining us uh you're listening to two guys suffering from adhd who could never talk Swirl. about the topics at <laughs> So, Steve and I are attempting to visit about apps. It says right there in the back of your computer, who rules the world? Squirrels. Exactly. It does say that on my computer. Right next to NASA. It's it's hilarious, by the way, that you're being distracted by the back of my computer screen now, or my laptop. Just saying. Why? It's there. Because it's, it's, it's all about ADHD again, right? It's and that's, the squirrel that's thing. squirrel thing, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about apps and and uh, what we use for road trips since Memorial Day weekend is is coming up on us here, and it's the biggest road trip weekend of the year, uh, and it happens to be National Road Trip Day as well. So um, I have a list of apps that that I have compiled to talk about for road trip in this summer, and we're talking about driving road trips. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll get into other. Mode travel a little bit later on in the show, but we're really talking about the road trip right now. So, uh, the first one on my list is City Mapper. Have you ever used this? No. City Mapper helps travelers find the speediest route to their destination, providing step by step instructions on where to find the nearest bus or train stations. So it's it's kind of I mean you could use Google Maps for the same thing, but this actually takes that to a whole nother level. So it helps you map. Um, the city that you're at and gives you an ETA and that well, with Google Maps, so. you get all that in Google Maps. You it, do it because you know if I'm in a big city that I need to walk from point A to point B, 
you know, you just change over the feature from driving or to bus walking or train to yeah. walking yeah. and it'll route you the quickest way there. I don't think a lot of people know that they can do that though. Yeah. So yes, when you're in Google Maps, if you're walking on a street, you can actually change you can go into Google Maps, change the mode that you're wa- that you're walking and all of a sudden it'll take you uh it'll give you an ex- estimated time of arrival again based on your speed and you know stoplights and everything else it's you know pretty how cool. I found that how did you find actually it? because somehow or another my phone got stuck in the walking mode and <laughs> the routes are entirely different than driving <laughs> were you driving i'm like uh, in in the walking mode yeah oh that had to be crazy confusing like, i can't get there what, what's going on here <laughs> as there's a barricade across yes. the street right yeah yeah, but yeah, it, it took me that is forever hilarious. to try to figure out how do I get back to because I wasn't you know I used what I used on the app and apparently I must have hit something and it was in walking mode or I think it switched on its own just to screw with me but that that's me that's probably true because yeah because I know you're not a conspiracy conspiracy theorist so well I will say this though because sometimes and, and with AI this is probably going to be more relevant. Um, what I came to find out with Google Maps was if you put an address in that isn't a longer distance, that is what they deem walkable, it'll automatically default to the walking mode. I see. Or if you're down the road and you're standing by a bus station when you put an address in, even if you plan on driving, it'll default to bus mode or train mode. or So, see, it did do it by itself. I did. Uh, um, I fell into this trap with. Uh, there's a bicycling mode yes, on there yeah, as well, bicycle, right? Yeah. And it was in that mode for me one time. And I'm driving, going to this destination, and it said take right, and then take another right, and I'm like, this road isn't much larger than a walking and bicycling path, and they want me to drive <laughs> down this. And I'm like, this is crazy. People I see, walking their dogs, I, jumping into the ditch. I see no woods. other cars on there. I did. There was a golf cart though, so I'm like, I'm like thinking to myself, is this really a road? I was just like baffled by this whole thing. Did you drive it? No, no. I pulled off to the side. I'm like, there has to be something but wrong officer, with this. <laughs> my app said drive down this road. It's, and it's I, right there. And I'm looking through Google Maps, and I'm like, what is going on here? And then the estimated time of arrival was like, you know, two hours and 18 minutes. And I'm like, there's this is only two and a half miles. Lo- whatever it was. Away, right, yeah. right. It was a little longer than that. But but yeah, that's what was crazy about it. So I knew there was something up with this. And then, uh, then I realized that they had this walking, biking driving mode that I wasn't aware of, too. So I thought it was hilarious. But officer. But officer. That's right. <laughs> Every good conversation with a police officer starts with but, but officer. officer. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it's only 25 here, miles an hour here? I'm All just right. keeping up with traffic. Yeah. Uh, PackPoint. Uh, so there's an app called PackPoint. takes the hassle out of packing by creating a customized list of what you'll need for your getaway. So this is interesting. Wait, 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 wait. Define getaway. Yeah. 
Enter your destination, travel dates, length of stay, and activities that might require special gear like hiking or swimming. And the app will create a list for you of the things you should take. So you can, so you don't forget the things that See, you should be taking along. Talking, but officer, so I'm thinking a different getaway. <laughs> but Not if there's an app getaway. for that, now wait a minute, that that might be good. But you know, if you're going on an adventure, and I'll just pick on like if you're going to hike in Zion National Park, right? Uh, and you don't do this a lot. One one thing that you might think about getting is walking sticks. Right, because there's a lot of of uh, paths along there that that would be very very helpful for, and I'm sure that Packpoint would actually tell you because you're going to Zion that you should have walking sticks with you for this particular trail you're going on. You know, the other part of that too, like going back to the Google Maps, the one thing you have because I've tried doing this in the past, the one thing you can't do with that app is switch between modes of transportation while en route. So if part of your trip or your excursion for the day includes biking, walking, driving, or hopping on a bus to get to a park to go hike the trip. You can't integrate them all. Right. You have to go to the end destination for your car and start over again with your bike or your walk or whatever. Which goes back to our original conversation on planning out the time where AI comes in now and they can integrate all that. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that's like, okay, well, we got to drive to here and hop on this bus to get to this trailhead, and then we hike or bike, or and you can't integrate it all. So how do you manage the time and, and know all the different components? So, hey, I need to be home for dinner at 6 o'clock, so wait a minute. So then you, I've caught myself sitting down and doing the math. Right. They don't like doing math. Yeah, I, yeah. I know that. Yeah, so it, you sit there and do the math of, oh, <laughs> As okay. you look at the clock, that's yeah, funny. It, but it's like it's going to take me 20 minutes to drive there and then the little bus to get me up there and this and this and walking the trails two and a half hours and then reverse that to get home. Okay, yeah. So the next app I have is All Trails. Do you do you like to hike, I do. bike and yeah, stuff? Yeah. yeah. And I'm one of those too, actually, probably more so when I'm away from home than when I'm here. I should probably do more of it here. And I know, you know, you look at me and you're like, how does this guy get out and hike? amazing trail system. We do have an amazing trail system here. Um, yeah, so for people who are not listen or who are listening to us that don't live here in the Bismarck, Mandan, North Dakota area, come here and enjoy our trails. Because we do. We have a very, very good trail system in the See, Bismarck, I could have used that app because before my wife and I got married and she used to live down in the Phoenix area. And we were down there for a conference that I was partaking in. And she came along to see her former co-workers because she used to work down there. And we went hiking out in the desert. And she got us lost. And I was like, well, if you don't want to date anymore, just tell me. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't need to go take me out to get the lost. desert and, yeah, and, and get me lost. Yeah, yeah. kill me. I, <laughs> but we, no, we we both got turned around on a trailhead so there's a great example yeah. of uh, an app because it was an area i wasn't familiar with she'd never hiked there either so so yeah this is this is a great app uh, all trails if you're looking to get outdoors this app will, will provide you with the area's best hiking biking and running trails in addition to details on length starting location and trail quality all trails includes reviews and photos 
So, you know, from a fellow hikers or whatever, outdoor enthusiasts, you'll find useful information like what to pack, obstacles you'll find along the route, and best scenic spots to check out. So this is a great app, and I've used this myself a few times uh, when I'm in areas that I'm unfamiliar with. Four and, and a half stars? It has, I would give it four and a half stars. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, day use. If you If you find yourself... In the, in the middle of a long layover, and this isn't basically for, I guess, road trips, but day use can get you into a hotel room for a few hours for up to 75% less than what a typical overnight rate would be. Wow. How many times could you and I use this? Okay, so there's actually a practical application of that, and it could be for a road trip because say you're somewhere where the road is closed. And the reason I bring this up is I used to live in northern Michigan, not in the UP, but in northern Michigan, about 90 miles from Mackinac. You always had, and I always took the northern route okay. through was Minnesota, Wisconsin, yep. um, through the, the UP. UP, and you always had to be cognizant of the weather because if the wind came up, they closed the five-mile bridge. Mackinac Bridge would close. And you're like, well, I'm just ahead of this system. No, I can't stop and go to the bathroom. I need to get there before the winds start coming up. You had to be cognizant of that because you didn't want to get stuck for three or four hours on the wrong side of the bridge. And it was weather specific. I've been there. You don't want to be on that bridge when the wind is is blowing. It's a little scary. It is. But that would be a great application for that. So, yes, it could come in a real well, Or think if you're up in, in some place and a mountain pass gets snowed in. Or there's, I guess, lots of reasons. I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if you decided to drive overnight and now you're starting to get a little tired, right? You just need four hours, a four-hour nap or something, right? Yeah, day use uh, will actually find there's, uh, it features 5,000 hotels right now. Wow. So and allows you to make free cancellations at the last minute in case you you know manage to to they're talking about catching earlier flight but but uh, I would check into this app and I I'm going to put this on my phone actually because there are plenty of times that I get stuck in an airport and the last thing you want to do is spend another six hours there if I could go take a nap someplace that's more comfortable than an airport chair. How many people put up with getting stuck in the airport chair though because. They don't want to go through TSA. Oh, my right? goodness. A lot of people. Or you check your luggage and you don't have the things in a carry-on that would provide you a semblance of comfort at a hotel room yeah. where to go exploring. Because I've got friends that, oh, hey, we got a six-hour layover because they changed the flight. and Well, I'm going to go visit family right. or relatives. They're going to pick us up. We're going to go out to eat, and then we'll come back. I mean... So I I, I guess I feel pretty fortunate uh with the TSA thing, security thing, because I have other clearances. I mean, I use clear, I have the pre-check stuff. So most airports, I get through security in five minutes, sometimes less than that. I hate you. They they scan your (laughs) eyes, they walk you to the front of the line, and you walk right in. It's, I love. You're that guy. I am that guy. I'm at the end of the line in Denver International Uh, Airport. You're that guy. I do get looks occasionally. I'm just saying. You're getting one right now. <laughs> but, you're that guy. But, you know, when, when you're on an airplane all the time, it's nice to not have to right. spend all that time in security every day. So, um, yeah, so I would, I, I'm one of those guys that could 
take use or take advantage of a four-hour layover someplace. And if there's a hotel close by that I can rent for a few hours... Well, just night, think of it so. from a from a work perspective. How many people go on business trips, and there's a lot of distractions at the airport. Yep. Uh, unless you go into the the room for the the mammary room. Yes. It's just a little trick there. Yes. Just saying. Uh, but if you're on a business trip and you okay, you got to answer a bunch of emails because your plane's delayed. Well, you got four hours. You could either be productive for four hours or you could sit in the airport with all the distractions and not be productive. Right. And airports are getting better. There's some places that are exceptional. And then there's some places that actually have cots now that you can rent and all this stuff, too. So they're they're starting to step up their game a little bit. I thought that was just when they canceled your flight and you got stuck overnight at the airport. I've never seen that, actually. Where they've rolled out cots for people oh, yeah. to sleep on. Have you've been there when this has happened? Yeah, they've got sleeping mats, and I've walked by gates that have been like that. Interesting, because I, I, I would leave. I am like, I'm not staying. Yeah, this. yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. Well, day use, go check it out. Dayuse.com. Uh, if you're looking for those type of of scenarios, um, Hopper is the next one I have on the list. So, are you familiar with Hopper? Is that an Easter app? That's. <laughs> That's a great, great question. I guess there is a bunny come out of their logo. Is so it Australia? Maybe is it, it is. Yeah, maybe. there you go. There you go. That's hilarious, too. Uh, it's actually it's used to predict the best time to find the cheapest fares for, oh, okay. for uh, uh, flying again. Yeah, now we're really getting into the flying part of it. But uh, uh, this is an interesting thing. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk. With us on The Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. So, yeah, Hopper will help you get the best price for your airlines. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So prices of flights can fluctuate, making it tricky to decide if you should book right away or hold off. That's where Hopper comes in, predicting the best time to find the cheapest fares, saving up to 40%. And since... Air travel has gone up so significantly in the last year. This is actually a pretty good thing. They so have another app for that. And that would be? Wendy. <laughs> I swear she used to be a travel agent in a previous life. Is she good at this? She's unbelievable. She had to be a travel agent in a previous She's life. She's good at finding those deals. Oh, huh? and she works it. And it's like, okay, Tuesday or Wednesday morning early or yep. whatever. Yeah, and she's diligent. But she always finds us the best fare when we travel. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Well, you should check this out then. Uh, The app also has a price monitoring feature so that if you select a particular flight, you will receive alerts if the price drops. So if you are looking at something that's five or six months out, for example, you can put that flight in there and what the current price is. If that price goes below that, you will get an alert at that time so that's really cool yeah through hopper users can also compare the prices and amenities of more than 250 airlines and get alerts about airfare flash sales as well well that was the other part i was kind of thinking about was how complicit or are the airlines with this dude you know it's not always in their best interest i mean they're if they're filling a seat great because we'll try to fly with companion tickets right off because we have a bunch of companion tickets and the blackout dates for those. Oh, are, I know, are terrible. You know, so if Hopper yeah. could tell you when, you know, if you're trying to book a flight and the companion seats are available and this and this and this and yeah, that might be yeah uh, yeah 
very bit. I, I'm still trying to get the Tigger song out of my head. I have to. I, I can't get rid of it. Well, we'll just move on to another app. Okay, then. next maybe app. Well, yeah, RV parks and campgrounds. This camping app helps you locate prime RV parks, campgrounds, rest areas, and, and RV. gas stations. <laughs> That's too funny. RV, RV. parks and yes, campgrounds. Yes, very good. Like, like yes. a KOA. Yes. Or, okay. More than 40,000 facilities. The app sorts locations based on ratings and includes both privately owned RV parks and public parks to choose from. So if you're a camper driving down the road or whatever, looking for your next place to stay, this will really help you. See, some of these apps would be very beneficial to me because if I'm driving, I have this really bad habit. I, I, I want to see something new. So if I'm driving between here and Denver yep. or someplace that I, I, I'm taking on a regular basis, I rarely drive the same route because I want to see something different. I'll, I'll take back roads just to, and shortcuts or what I deem as shortcuts just to see a different road somewhere. Hey, look, the second largest ball of twine in the United States. <laughs> have you ever seen the largest ball of twine? No, I have not. I haven't either. I wonder where that's located. No. I'm going to look that up. Clark, Google that. Yeah. <laughs> we, need an, we need an assistant. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get our... You know what? It'd be really easy. We should just get a Google or a, an Alexa set up in here. There's one in the other room. And just have it so actually, and we put a we should get one in here. I've always wanted to do this, by the way, and have Probably it mic'd the most up. Entertaining guest. It would be the most entertaining <laughs> guest, and just have it mic'd up, ready to go at any given time, right? Uh, the next app I have is Grab G R A B. Don't go there if you don't have much time to spare at the airport. Grab allows you to check out what food selections are near your gate. Oh, okay. So, and gives you the option to pre-order your meal so you can pick it up on the way. Instead of trying to figure out the kiosk and it's like, okay, but I like that restaurant down in that wing of the airport. So you could, you know, if you're towards the back of the plane, for example, you could actually on the plane order your food. And as you're going by the the restaurant or whatever, they'll have it ready for you when you come by. See, that's convenient. That's pretty convenient. Yeah, as you're wind sprinting across the Minneapolis that's right. airport to try to get to the other gate because right. your flight was too tight. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, Gas Buddy, Gas Buddy, I yeah. love Gas. Buddy. I know you do. I use Gas Buddy a lot, especially because part of the reason I use Gas Buddy is because I take different routes all the time. So I've got my favorite gas stations at different routes that I'm taking. But when you're taking different routes all the time, it's like, oh, where? Because I'm that guy. Yep, I, I'm that guy. I'll I'll drive. 10 miles out of my way to save two cents a gallon. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You really are bad I, at math, I, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's the principle, Marlo. Well, you know. It's if not the savings. You're, it's the principle. If you're okay with paying extra money for the principle of things, then that's okay. Just saying. Paying principle on the principle. Yes. So if you don't know what Gas Buddy is, Gas Buddy is the app you'll want if you're taking a road trip. Gas Buddy tracks down where to find the cheapest gas prices, allowing you to filter by price, location, brand, and amenities. It also provides you with deals at nearby convenience stores. Have you ever taken up any of the deals that they have on there? 
I've used a couple of them. Okay, because they'll they'll flash like a yeah. coupon, right? When you if you're going to go to a place and if you want to get a, a diet root beer yeah. for ninety nine cents, they'll show that on there, right? But I'm not driving down in Florida too often, so I don't get to use all the amenities. I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, so yeah, so you, it'll help you nail down the best prices every totally time. Totally went over your head. The amenities. 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 Yes. Amenities. Because amenities. Amenities. Where we found in Florida. <laughs> I've swam with manatees before. <laughs> well, they swam with me, I guess. Mermaids of the sea. That's right. They are. Um, Let's see here. Uh, next one is head out. H-E-A-D-O-U-T. And that's not your head out the window, Steve. Uh, want to know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although for your dogs, that they probably that like that, right? Dogs. It's a dog for it's a dog app. Yeah. Want to know what local events are taking place at your destination? Not a dog app. Uh, head out. We'll show you the top attractions, shows, tours, and experiences in popular cities. So activities range from catching a Broadway play, yoga in the hills. Oh, there we go. That's what I want to do. Yoga in the hills. Yoga in the hills. Or taking a See, helicopter it is a dog tour. App. Downward facing dog app. Oh yes. Yes, it is a dog app. There you go. Uh there's actually a baby song called Head Out. So probably the biggest thing with Head Out is that it it has exclusive last minute offers that offer up to like eighty percent off. So if they haven't filled oh. the uh Yoga in the Hills class and it starts at seven and at six PM, you will probably get an eighty percent discount on it. See or now, up to that. Is something that most people could use. Yes. Last minute deals. Yeah. That's what this is. Yep. Except for my wife. She's not spontaneous at all. Okay. It's got to plan it out. So, is there an app for people who aren't spontaneous that have to plan things out? I have learned that my best travel experiences are not planned. Yeah. I'm right with you. I, I, Hey, this is over here. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would rather go to a place and experience a place. This stuff of having an itinerary, because no. by, by the time half the day is over with, you're so stressed out by the fact that you're not keeping up with the itinerary. Well, yeah. I just, just don't like it at all. You know, and, and even like the last time I went to Vegas, right? Um, my buddy CJ and I were going to go to America's Got Talent. And I'm delayed for five hours coming out of Bismarck. Oops, so plans two, shot. $250 down the drain because the airline decided that they were going to, well, it wasn't an airline, it was Vegas Airport. But but that's the thing. You know, I can, some things you need to plan, of course, but you can't plan everything. Spontaneity. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch.
X AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. There are no debt ceiling meetings scheduled today between the White House and GOP negotiators, say sources. Last night, debt negotiations ended. No progress. The clock ticking. ABC's Elizabeth Schulze is at the White House. House Republicans want steep budget cuts in exchange for raising the debt limit, a demand that the White House is blasting. Other issues include unspent COVID relief funds and new work requirements on federal programs like food stamps. Overnight, President Biden said he is not concerned about the talks, but time is running out. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said that a deal needs to be reached this weekend to pass legislation through the House and the Senate before June 1st. President Biden monitoring negotiations from Japan where he's attending the G7 summit. He cut short his trip because of the debt negotiations in Washington. So rather than meeting with the leaders of Australia, Japan and India, the so-called quad in Australia, he's meeting with them on the sidelines of the G7. Setting today is different than our, our mission remains the same. And that is to advance our vision of a free, open, secure and prosperous in the Pacific. Also arriving today in Hiroshima, Ukrainian President Zelensky, ABC's Terry Moran at the summit. He's here to speak directly with G7 summit leaders at a critical moment in the war on the eve of the expected Ukrainian counteroffensive. Zelensky joins this summit that's being held at the site of the first atomic bombing, even while he faces down nuclear threats from Russia. And now he'll have American F-16s to strengthen his forces. Nebraska state lawmakers overnight passing a measure to restrict abortions after 12 weeks. The measure also bans gender-affirming care for anyone under 19. Republican State Senator Carolyn Bosson. This bill isn't about being unsupportive of transgender children. It's about preventing irreversible changes to their bodies until they're adults. The governor expected to sign it into law. You're listening to ABC the end of the road with KISS. Here is the next code for your chance to attend this historic concert in December. Eric. E-R-I-C. Eric. Enter that code into the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app now. It's the end of the road with KISS on Super Talk 1270. Hello, North Dakota. Joe Giganti, host of the regular Joe Show, now heard weeknights 9 to midnight here on Super Talk 1270. Together we'll tackle the hottest topics, be it politics, entertainment, or the culture, unapologetically through the lens of true conservatism, all while remembering to laugh and have a little bit of fun. You know, live life boldly. The regular Joe Show, weekday evening starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken. Weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. 
In case you're just catching up with us, we're talking about road tripping. See, I'm road tripping and I road trip fast, so you might have trouble catching up. I have no clue what that means. I have a heavy foot. Yeah? On the high. Yeah. A little bit. Are you somebody who takes the road less traveled, or are you one who wants to get to your destination so you'll go down the interstate? Depends on where I'm going. Okay. So if I'm going on a business trip or I'm a time constraint right. trip, uh, Yes, but if you're uh, in ro- uh, if you're in true road trip mode, yeah. If I don't have time constraints and I'm just going someplace, then I'm like, oh, this is a cool route to go through the mountains or through the back country. Or yeah, I've not been on this road before. Let's take this road. I, I'm I I love the road less traveled. Yep. Have you share with me maybe an experience you've had on the road less traveled did you find a crazy restaurant or a bar or anything along those lines yeah actually when you take the road less traveled it's amazing some of the but you have to be willing to stop because i'm a big roadside marker guy so the little historic sites uh, yeah you don't find those on the interstate that's true so my old gazetter Yes, the the Atlas. They had those listed or have those listed on the roads, just like the paper maps have these places listed on the roads. Historic wayside stops that they don't show up on Google Maps. Yep. So that's why I like the paper maps. I like that Gazette or the Atlas style of thing. But because I like to stop at those because. Usually, if I'm traveling, 90% of the time I'm traveling with one or more of my dogs, and I look at it as an excuse to let them out of the vehicle. That makes sense. to let me out of the vehicle, too. I think the first time is probably my most memorable time, and probably what got me into road tripping a little bit more. I was down by Flasher, North Dakota. And they have one of these roadside signs right there. And for whatever reason, because I always used to be, get to my destination. 100 miles an hour, get me there, right? Maybe not 100 miles an hour, but you know what I mean. So you're more the enchanted highway guy. I don't have to stop. I can see the big sculptures driving down the road. Boom. Just right by it, right? Oh, look, Devil's Tower over there. But have you ever been to Devil's Tower? Yes. Of course. Now I have. How many but, people haven't though? But there's oh yeah, I there just were plenty saw of times I yeah. would drive by, right? Drive right by it. So I stopped for whatever reason, and I read this sign, and I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" Yeah, because right in front of me were was the Bismarck to Deadwood Trail, yeah. and you could still see wheel tracks, the wheel tracks, and I'm thinking to myself. How is this even possible? I mean, there are buildings out here that are not this old. and Or buildings that are this old that have been torn down or fallen apart or whatever. But yet, I can still see these wheel tracks here? Are you kidding me? I was stunned by that. But that's the part about history I like. So now think about how much traffic traveled on that trail to compact the soil to the point where things don't grow yes. on it. Because it's concrete. Yeah. And surviving significant. winters and snow and rain and flood events. And well, and, and like what but you're saying. The soil is so, comp- it, it's concrete. Yeah. 
and, and that's significant when you that think about it. Hold up as well as right. That trail. That's exactly what I was going to get at. I mean, you're driving down a paved road, and there's you know grass and weeds, weeds and everything, crack. yeah, coming through these things, and you, you you're like, how does this stuff survive growing through pavement? But yet these wheel tracks from a stagecoach are still here. Yeah, it, you're right. The traffic had to be pretty serious. Yeah, see, that's the history sure. side. It's cool. Well, it's you cool and I stuff. were talking one day too about uh, that trail, and you didn't know where the crossing was. There's some rivers that there was a crossing for yep. in North Dakota that, yep. that I've found over the years. It's kind of cool. I, they, it's very the, cool. The history around there is really, really amazing. So anyway, back to but I apps. love that stuff. I, I love, do too. I love that. So is and there this, an app this for is that? What, why I love. Oh, of course there are. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and we'll probably find one or two of them. Talking Trail would be one of them, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, so check out the Talking Trail app. Um, Tunnel Bear. So one of the challenges when, when we travel is Internet access. Now, most of us have that on our phone, but most of us pay, not not everybody. Do you have unlimited data on your nope. phone? Okay, so I, I do, I but you're right. It's expensive. The only reason I have it is because I travel a lot, and I, you know, the cost-benefit analysis for me is that I should have it on my phone. Well, um, for me, it's not about the cost. It's about the I when I need my internet access, I don't want it slowed down because I'm over sure uh, what the yep. unlimited data yep. secret data number yep. is. They tether I, you back. Yeah, yeah I, I I want the speed I'm paying for. Right, right. Exactly. So it, it's not about the cost. It's about I want the accessibility and the performance that I'm paying for this amount of data. And the other thing is, is that, you know, if you're like me, now I like coffee shops and I will check the, I will check out local coffee shops. That's the other thing that I love to do when I'm in towns I've never been in before, uh, is I'll check them out. And of course, what do you do when you go to the coffee shop? You bring your laptop in, bring your phone in, and you connect to the local Wi-Fi. And I, which we've talked about security. Wow, well, that. and that's where I'm going with this. You really, really, really need to be careful with that, uh, especially if you're in larger cities. I mean, smaller cities or smaller towns are, is bad enough, but I'll guarantee you, if you're walking down Fremont Street in Las Vegas, that I'd say eighty to ninety percent of those connections that you see available to you ping, are ping, ping. are spoofing the hotels or whatever else because they want to just steal your data. And that's a show for another time, but um, but there's an app called Tunnel Bear. Tunnelbear. So Tunnelbear. T U N N E L B E A R. If you need to access the internet during your travels, chances are you'll have to connect to public Wi-Fi, which can be sketchy. Tunnelbear allows you to connect privately and securely using by providing you a VPN, a virtual oh. private network that will encrypt your browsing data to keep your information hidden from hackers and advertisers. So even if you were to connect to a nefarious Wi-Fi, public Wi-Fi. Ha ha, you can't see can't me. Can't see me, right? <laughs> the app comes with 500 megabytes of free browsing data each month, or you can opt for unlimited data at a low monthly price. So you do have to pay for this a little. Well, 500 megabytes, if you're only going to check email and you're not going to download anything, probably will get you through your trip. You know, as long as you don't go crazy with it, but they do have a charge if you go over that. But uh, if it's a couple bucks and it saves you from losing data uh, to somebody who's going to steal your credit cards or access your bank account or whatever it is that you just gave them, uh, it's probably worth it. So, because you'll pay for a VPN from anybody else too. This is just very, very convenient to have this app on your phone. So, when you're looking at the data networks, uh, you know, I. I I'm kind of thinking back in the 
older cellular phone days where you travel up along the Canadian border. And Canada had really big towers because they oh soaked you on, oh, you're on a Canadian Cannot tower. I tell you how many you dollars pay I spent. A I know. Lot of money. Roaming so I, charges were crazy. Yeah, the roaming charges crazy. So I would get in the habit of just, I'm going up there, I'm turning my phone off. Yep. Which then I found out you had to do other steps besides just turning your phone off, or you still got picked up by the Canadian Towers and got this massive bill. And so, would a personal network like that? I, I'm I'm kind of thinking of the oh well I'm over, so I didn't call ahead to get extra data, so they're gonna soak me really bad. Yeah, this wouldn't take care of that. Okay. You know, I've had the same issue when I've been on cruise ships. But within a network like that, in a lot of it's because, okay, what plan do most people have? Well, is it international or is it, well, international light, so it's Canada and Mexico? Yeah, that's or, usually what they have. Yeah, yeah. Yep. so. But I've been on a, I've been on cruise boats and, and they will, yeah. uh, they're, they're notorious for this, uh, people who own islands. You know, they'll own an island in the middle of nowhere and you're and you're drifting by an island and you're looking out there and all there is on there is an antenna and you're like why do they have an antenna array on an island and that's and, not an antenna marlo that's a cash register that's exactly what it is cuz if you're stupid enough to have your phone on like me uh and it pings off that tower i cannot tell you how many 15 and 20 dollar charges i had on out of i had over 400 dollars on one of my phone bills one time because it, it just pinged off these towers i didn't right. even use them it just pinged off of it because it was the closest cell tower and because of it i got charged for There's it a connection fee which is why they warn you when you get on the boat put your put your uh, phone in airplane mode or you're just going to probably have a lot of extra charges on your phone even though you might not use it at all uh, or use the Wi-Fi on the boat, which is what you're supposed to do. But anyway, um, weather. Weather is always a big deal when you're traveling, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What do you use for weather? Uh, you know, one of the ones back in the day I really loved, Weatherbug. Except it had a lot of bugs in it. Yes, it did. And it is actually the app that's on my list. They've cleaned it up they a lot. They have cleaned it up a lot. I actually Because it got to the point where it was unusable yeah. in the pop-ups. I did, I did actually take it off my phone, too. But I've actually put it back on now because I agree with you. And I think there was a security risk with Weatherbug for a yes. long time as well. Yeah. Uh, because of that backdoor, you know, uh, and that's why you're getting all those pop-ups and things. But they've, they've cleaned it up. It's, it's, a, it's a good app. I don't know if you knew this, too, but... You know, the weather alerts that you get on your phone are specific to the tower you're closest to, right? So right. you're not, if there's a tornado warning going on, uh, let's say back here uh, where you and I live in the Bismarck Mandan area, but we happen to be in Nebraska, we'll not know about it with the phone alert that we have uh, because it pings, those alerts ping off the closest tower to you, not to where your home is at. Which I so find, you get home and go, what happened? Well, there's, there is there is that. <laughs> but I do think that that's clever how they have set that up because uh, it makes a lot of sense that that you're, wherever you're localized at is well, where you get the warning. A lot of people, because they have them and they're convenient, are your local television station. They'll utilize that app on your right, phone. Right, right. Um, 
uh, my radar is one that I use quite a bit. Now I've got uh, a couple different aviation weather apps that pilot fans have got age. Yep. I'm a radar guy. I'm looking at my weather app and going, okay, what's the radar say? And I want it accurate. The Tech Ranch. Get with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. So, but the thing, Steve, with with like your television and radio weather apps is those are localized to where you live. They're customized to be local to where you That's live. That's correct. Because there's a couple different companies out there That's that supply correct. to the bulk of the CBS affiliates across the country right. or the ABC or NBC or the Fox affiliates. They're, so the challenge, I mean, if you want to keep track of the weather you have at home when you're traveling, right? that's a great source for that. So, but, and, and I've got some flexibility because you can turn it on or off on a couple of the ones that I've got that it'll follow me. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, so it'll give me the, ra- the radar. I'm a radar geek. Right. So it'll give me the weather and the radar from where I'm at. So if you're 500 miles away from here, you can actually see yeah. what's going on in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, and I can put in there. favorite cities. I've got family that lives in sure. Arizona and California and Oregon and Michigan, and and I can pull up different places that I go, and those are safe. So if I want to go, okay, what's it like over here, I'll just click on that and that pulls up the local now some of the aviation ones i i have the reason i like those is because i'm a weather geek yeah and i love good accurate radar and i can go in a thunderstorm and go yeah here comes a tornado down the street but no (laughs) it's going to go two blocks south and we're going to be fine isn't that something how it can be that good no yeah it is but that's a lot of the specialized um you know you work with nasa they've got super accurate oh yeah it's, and, and just and gets better and better the aviation industry is in that same space yeah. so i've got two different aviation uh, radars and weather apps so there's a um there was a tornado outbreak uh between what well, was on the the west side of minnesota east side of north dakota 10 years ago and I was traveling over in there. I actually had a meeting in Fargo and I think Detroit Lakes and I was up in Grand Forks later in the day. Um, and anyway, uh, I had, um, and it was early days of phones with data on them. So there were, but there were some apps and there's this app that I picked up on um, called uh, Scanner Radio. Yes. And it actually will scan police, weather, fire i've got that oh okay okay does a pretty good job i know that a lot of a lot of uh of them now are are uh, scrambled right right which is on i mean unfortunate for emergency services stuff but uh, state radio for example in north dakota will it's an encoded right well they had to do that because the criminals were listening to them too you know so and i so i get all the police are on that side of town right rob the bank exactly exactly but at that time they weren't so much yet and there must have been 10 12 15 tornadoes that day and and uh i was i had this scanner on and i was listening to it and as i was going by a town you'd pick up this you know i'd be listening to whatever was coming on and it actually allowed me to skirt all these thunder or these uh, tornadoes or whatever um and then of course uh <laughs> but i took some amazing photos that day the photos i yeah. got were incredible 
uh, of these tornadoes, and then uh, I get to Grand Forks. And, well, and, 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 and it's funny because a lot of them are storm chasing apps. Yeah, they're they're there's some it's kind of what they use for. Yeah, them, yeah. They're, they're storm chasers. Yeah, you know, I was going to Colorado uh, elk hunting one time, and I decided to take cut across because well we don't like taking the same routes or uh, the time of the day i didn't want to stay on the interstate because traffic was going to be bad going through denver and i was heading down to southern uh colorado and i took the cut across and i'm like why are all these vehicles lined up and there's 25 cars here and 30 cars here and 20 cars over here all parked along the side of the road and then i'm like oh ah pull up the app they're storm chasers. Yep. And they were lining up for storms coming out of the Rockies, heading into the tornado belt. And I was like, oh, if they're here, <laughs> then I'm guessing I shouldn't be right, here. Right, right. So I, I saw like five tornadoes all at the same time wow. on in, in a little stretch of highway because that's what they were lined up for. There were supercells coming out of the Rockies colliding with air in the planes yep. and they were lining up for chasing these storms amazing yeah it was i'm like i don't i should probably go uh more recently uh four or five years ago now uh, i was coming back from a dog show in colorado in greeley colorado and my alert went off on one of these apps and i'm like so i pulled it up i'm like okay I pulled over to figure out what's going on there was a band of hail, golf ball to baseball size hail, that was going to be moving across the highway in front of me. And I'm in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming. And so I drove until it wasn't a safe distance anymore and said, okay, I'm going to wait here. And four minutes later, the storm goes through and everything was green and because of the, the hail and amazing pictures. And I let the storm go through and then drove. And sure enough, baseball side hail. If it wouldn't have been for the app and the alert, I'd have probably driven through it and trashed a vehicle. You have to, you have to appreciate the day and age we live in with this technology. Yeah. You really do. It's oh, absolutely. Pretty, pretty incredible. So, yeah. Um, we're still talking about travel apps. <laughs> but these are, these are, I think weather is such an important part of travel. It is. And knowing what's going on around you and you can plan around it and that type of well, thing. Well, we live in a rural state like North Dakota. Yep. So, yeah, I mentioned this earlier. the The mindset is, I need to get where I'm going. You you can't, to a certain degree, let weather dictate your life and your lifestyle. Right. Now, there's safe ways to manage that, but if you need to get someplace, you need to get someplace because, frankly, in a lot of winters, if we let weather dictate our lifestyle, we don't get out of the house no, much. You would just stay in the house. Yeah, yeah, and you don't get across the state to different events and so there's a safe way to get there yep. it may take longer yeah but you know for me and i you know i grew up in the east northeastern part of the state and there were many times i came from southwestern north dakota on a hunting trip that oh great we're going to get home, but it's going to take a while because we're driving 25 miles an hour in four-wheel drive with two wheels on the shoulder yep. because we had an ice storm go through or there's a blizzard. Or you know, You'll get where you're going. You just need to do it in a safe manner yep. until they close the roads. Right. Once they close the roads, then you're not going anywhere. But 
if you prescribe to letting the weather and the conditions completely dictate, you're just not going to go anywhere. Not not in a state like North Dakota, not in a rural state like a North Dakota or in eastern Montana or a Wyoming or northern Colorado or Kansas or Nebraska. It's just be safe, but you got to get where you're going. Are you in your preacher mode right now? I was. <laughs> it's all good, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I've always prescribed to, well, in... The weather is an important part of that. You know, if, if I'm traveling, the weather conditions dictate that it's going to be dangerous out, then I'll adjust my travel accordingly. I don't always cancel it, but I will adjust accordingly. It's a, I've driven halfway around the state because there's a, a storm system that's clipping part of the state. It's not safe to travel there. So, okay, if I drive west and then south and then east and then i can get to where i'm going without having to incur the wrath of mother nature it is interesting when you travel to uh and you get into areas where they have nicer weather than we do uh, that the what they consider terrible weather we consider it's not that thursday bad. that's right that's exactly <laughs> right the tech ranch super ranch where technology comes alive Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. And we're continuing our talk on travel apps. Road trip. But Steve brought up a lot of weather and his travel woes and not allowing the weather to, to um, you know, basically dictate. You won't get anywhere. Yeah. So I figured, and I knew this list existed the 13 coldest places in the United States. How many of them are in North Dakota? Well, here we go. 13th on the list is Concord, New Hampshire. 12th on the list is Anchorage, Alaska. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I'm surprised by that because the Gulf of Alaska moderates temperatures up there. The minimum average temperature is 13 degrees. Concord, the minimum average temperature is 15 degrees. Just so you... Understand. Minimum average. Minimum average. Okay. So they also have the lowest recorded. Well, we should, I should mention that too. So Anchorage, the lowest recorded temperature, thirty-four below. We got that beaten spades. <laughs> That's a, again a Thursday here in the wintertime yeah. sometimes, right? Uh, Concord is thirty-seven below. All right. So eleven on the list is Rochester, Minnesota. The average, the minimum average temperature, eight degrees. Their coldest is minus forty. 10, Huron, South Dakota. Minimum average temperature, 6.6 degrees, and their coldest is 43 below. Oh, you're going to like this next one. Marquette, Michigan. Oh, up in the UP. been there many times, I'm sure. Been to many hockey games up there. I always thought the town was bigger. They only have 20,000 people there. It feels bigger when you go through Marquette. It used to be bigger because there used to be a big uh, air base up there. I believe it was K.I. Sawyer. Okay. Uh, I mean, when you drive space. through the town, it yeah. seems like it's it goes long. on. It's a long town, yeah. yeah. And then actually where you turn and cut south to go towards lower Michigan, like I used to do, um, the, the town actually goes north. But it follows the lake for a, a yep. great it deal does. of length yep. as well. So It's, it's a, a great town, though. Yeah. yeah. But it used to be a much... It, it actually, it's a really cool college town. Uh, Northern Mish is there. Right. And then... Uh, Great hockey town, but it used to be, have a big air base up there, okay. which was a much larger, kind of not dissimilar from a Grand Forks, North Dakota, right. in North 
Dakota right. that used to be a much bigger air base, and when that contracted, that took a little top off of the yeah. population. So they're number nine on the list. 5.2 degrees Fahrenheit is the minimum average uh, temperature. Number eight. See, you know, the funny thing, though, in, in you mentioned that, but they've got Lake Superior, which is an extremely cold, deep, great lake. Because I lived in northern Michigan, but not in the UP, and I was along Lake Huron, which is a shallower, warmer Great Lake. Right. And those Great Lakes moderate temperature greatly. Oh, yeah, which is amazing that Marquette 20, would actually be yeah. on that list because even though... 10 degrees warmer in the winter and 20 degrees cooler in the summer yeah. if you're along the lakes. Yep, yep. Bismarck, number eight. Bismarck, Yay! North Dakota. Our minimum average temperature, this is crazy, actually. So minimum uh, for Marquette, 5.2. Minimum average temperature, 2.2 degrees in Bismarck. Well, we are on the edge of the banana belt. Coldest recorded temperature, 44 below. Which surprises me because I know that our coldest in the state is significantly lower than that. St. Cloud, Minnesota is number seventh on the list. Throwing wind chills. 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit, coldest 44 below. Duluth, Minnesota, number six on the list. Oh, it's cold there. 1.5 degree Fahrenheit for minimum average temperature. Aberdeen, South Dakota, next on the list. Noticing a trend here? Yeah. We're circling the drain. Aberdeen, number five, 1.5 degrees Fahrenheit, average. Fargo, number four on the list. Minimum average temperature, 0.1 degree Fahrenheit. So they their minimum average is just above zero. So that was number four. Number four. But their lowest recorded temperature is 39 below, so which is interesting that they don't get as cold there, but their average is colder, right? Number three on the Snow list. Snowpack, though. They also have more snow. So again, number eight is Bismarck. Number four is Fargo. Number three is Williston. Aha. Loving this, aren't you? Their minimum average temperature is 1.1 degree Fahrenheit as well, the same as Fargo, but their lowest recorded temperature, 50 below. Number two on the list. Come on. I'm going to say Grand Forks. Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. The worst place for weather in the state of North Dakota. Well, and almost in the entire country as far as cold goes. Average minimum temperature... 3.1 3.1 degrees below zero. Oh, it's cold there. Their coldest recorded is minus 43 below. So who do you think is at the top of the list? Tower City, Minnesota. Fairbanks, Alaska. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. They're... I'm surprised Tower... Okay, so Tower City, Minnesota actually has the lowest record recorded temperature for Minnesota. And okay. It, it so our coldest there. in North Dakota was 62 below. I don't know if you knew right. this. And then our high is 122. And where was that? I think the coldest was partial somewhere up in that neighborhood. <laughs> I know. All right. So number one. So the and minimum. This is without wind chills. These are just minimum average, average minimum temperature, minus 3.1 in Grand Forks. This is crazy. The minimum average temperature in Fairbanks. 16.9 below zero. Oh. It's not even a close race here. I mean, that is that is 13 degrees colder than Grand Forks. Lowest recorded temperature, 66 below zero in Fairbanks. 
That really does surprise me that it's that cold. But actually, you know what, Fairbanks? Because I've got friends. There's a bunch of military bases there. There, uh, two or three, if I remember correctly. And I've got friends that have been stationed up there. You think we have mosquitoes in the summer? I hear they're just like crazy. Oh, good heavens! It's a bog. Yeah, the entire area is a bog. So anyway, and their average in June, in July and August will get between 60 and 80 degrees. That's the warm that they get there. So anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up. Uh, you know, four of the of the, For the eight squirrels in the world coldest in the country is in North Dakota. Yay! Thank goodness. Lucky us. Yeah, lucky us. All right, back to apps, because that's what we're really talking about, Is travel apps. Is there a apps. weather app out there that helps me travel that I can follow warm temperatures? I would imagine we could probably figure that out. But you're going to like this next one. Okay. Because I know you're a foodie. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you have never heard of this before, and I'm going to try this. The app is called Eat With, E-A-T-W-I-T-H. Eat With allows you Let to... Let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. So you type in celebrities, and then it tracks them. So you can go eat with Marlo or or Steve. Taylor Swift. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so is that, am I close? Yeah, I wouldn't subscribe to that app. Then. Okay. So, and neither would Taylor, Just check by the it. way. Eat With allows you to dine with locals in their homes all over the world. Menus are posted for you to see, while hosts will typically list what they cook the languages they speak, and any alcohol pairings they'll be serving. Not only does the app give you a chance to meet locals and get superb dining recommendations, but it also allows you to enjoy a high-quality meal for less than what you typically pay at a restaurant. Wow. So, And local flavor. If you wanted to make your, your famous lasagna, you could actually post that on Eat With, and people then would book with you for dinner that night. That could be kind of cool. I think that would be really cool. It could also be a little scary. Well, I would imagine that they probably have some type of rating system. So afterwards, right. like an Airbnb or anything else that you can rank, you know, Steve and Wendy are five stars. We had a blast hosting them for oh dinner. Oh, my gosh. That food was horrible. <laughs> so, but that, and, and that'll weed out the people who actually have terrible food as well, right? But, yeah, if you wanted some local flavor or, you know, if you specialize in making something, this could actually be, this is kind of a gig type of thing for somebody as well. Maybe you don't want to open your home up to rent that extra room out downstairs with an Airbnb, but you love to cook. So you could have people over for dinner. You could entertain and make money at the same time. So if I went to Scotland, I know the really good places for haggis. And I bet you with Eat With, you could probably find that which I think would be cool. You're going to love the next one, too. This one makes me smile a little bit. The next one's called Flush. I, I'm, no, 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 not going to guess. You're not going to guess no, at all? No. Come on. It's as obvious as you can think. Trying to locate a public restroom can be tricky, especially in a new destination. That's where Flush comes in. The app has a database of more than 200,000 toilets. And quickly provides travelers with nearby bathrooms. You can search without an internet connection, and the app will also notify you if a restroom requires a fee. Don't run across that too much in the United Pay States. Pay toilets. I know, but it is it is a thing it's in some places. still a big thing in, in a lot of places in Europe. Yeah, yeah. But, I, so, that's interesting, though, because does it denote 
public restrooms pay toilets. Yes. And the place I'm going is is small businesses that no public restroom. They'll have a sign, no public restroom. Some do. Come on in. Yeah. yeah. By the way, shop a little bit too. Right. But yeah, yeah, you can my, my, my guess is it'll it'll list convenience stores and you know, things that actually would be more considered more public. So but yeah, I think that's a it's a wise app to have. Speaking of wise, that's the name of the next app. Woo. While banks may charge you a fee for transferring money abroad, WISE allows you to make a transfer based on real-time currency exchanges so you can send money at rates the company says are up to eight times cheaper than what you'd find at traditional banks. I might be able to use this for other things as well. So it's kind of a Venmo or a, a PayPal? or if, if you're traveling to Norway and you need Norwegian currency, this would be the app that you would use, and you'd get it at, at, a, at the current currency exchange rather than somebody's putting a processing fee on top of it or whatever. So I'm sure that they have a little bit of a fee too. But See, my grandfather could use that app. We had a cabin in Ontario in Canada on Lake of the Woods. Yep. And he'd always run the numbers. We always had to stop at the two banks, the one in Bedette, Minnesota, <laughs> and the one in Rainy River, Canada, and because he was figuring out the exchange rates. It's like, okay, I'm going to get Canadian money in Canada or the U.S. or vice versa. Interesting. Yeah, it was kind of a, a big deal. I bet it was a big deal. Big deal. In I was just childhood. talking to somebody who's going to Norway next week, and she was having a heck of a time trying to get Norwegian money. Is it Norwegian money, or is it the... Uh, they're not in the euro, are they? In Norway, I believe they are. Hmm. Anyway, it's not is the UK Brexit. Yes, everybody else is euro. Although locally, there's still local currency. I'm wondering if that was the case because she said she was having a hard time finding money, uh, but she has a banker friend that's actually traveling with them, and he was able to secure some. So bring your own calculator. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. So so that wise would probably make that a little bit better. Uh TripIt. TripIt makes it easy to put together a cohesive travel itinerary. Simply forward your confirmation emails. I use this by the way, like your hotel and flight reservations or your rental car reservation, and TripIt will build a full itinerary to help you stay organized with all of your plans. So you get your hotel reservation. You actually forward that to TripIt, along with your plane reservation, your car rental, your hotel, your uh, meal reservations, whatever. And then TripIt, with real-time alerts, will know if your flight is canceled or delayed. Uh, flight Finder can help you book a new option if you have a cancellation. So TripIt is kind of convenient, and I like that about it. How many times have you gone on a trip and you've got an email confirmation? And you're like, I, I can't find it. And then you sit there for five minutes. Drives me crazy. Scrolling, hence the lines. Uh, you sit there for five minutes scrolling through your emails trying to find your confirmation yep. going, no, here's my reservation right, right. here. Yeah. And it's and, and you've stood in line for a half hour before you got there and there's a hundred people behind you and now you're you know, you and have And everybody's this pressure. on their phone, so the Wi Fi's not working. You have this pressure on you to you know, show them that you have a confirmation. Uh, yeah, it drives you crazy when you have a confirmation for a place and you have to prove it to them. 
that you do actually have a hotel room here or your car or whatever. So, yeah. So TripIt actually helps you with all of that. Because sometimes just whipping out your driver's license and going, I'm who I say I am, doesn't always work. No. Nope. And who knows? Somebody may have been busy when they were putting in their... Okay, so question for you is, in your travels, because you travel a lot more than most people for business and stuff, do you use a service or do you call a hotel directly for a reservation? So it depends where I'm going. I use a service most of the time, but like Vegas, because I have a loyalty... um, I belong to one, you know, one of the loyalty things. I get my stuff through there. Marlo, the high roller. The Tech Ranch. Super talk. Tech Ranch. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. So what about Waze? Have you ever used Waze before? Waze? W-A-Z-E. No, I have not. Oh. So we're talking about uh, apps for travel, mostly road tripping, by the way. Uh, another good app for the road, Waze, gives you community-based data about traffic jams and information to locate points of interest like the cheapest gas stations and fastest routes. So it's kind of a combination of it's kind of a combination apps. of Google Maps and Gas Buddy. Yeah, Gas Buddy. Uh, the thing about Waze and it's being integrated into, into things now too. So if there's a speed trap, for example, Waze will used to be the way to get notified of those because people would start putting in that, hey, there's a speed trap up ahead or whatever. Google Map does that too. Well, that's the thing is that Google Map is now integrated that too. It seems, I feel like Google Maps might have, or Google might have bought Waze or at least they're integrated into Waze now. Um, So, you know, there might not be a lot of, uh, Waze has been popular for a long time. So if you have a heavy foot on the highway... One of these apps would be beneficial. Well, yes, yeah. Unless you're the first person, right? That's then, what you, my then you better be posting about it. I radar guess. detector yeah, might that's be right. for that's right. But it's for the road construction stuff alerts. Yes, that's what I use it for. So that's that's the end of my list. But I'm guessing you have other things you use for road tripping. What besides the cooler? Is there a cooler app? Well, no, I just have a cooler in the truck. Do you have an Do you have an app that tells you the temperature inside your cooler? No, I don't. Is there an app for that? There should be actually. Could you use the thermometer like from your like when you're cooking for that? Oh, I bet you could. There's Bluetooth and. Well, you know they have the 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 thermometer that you put inside meat when you have it on the grill, so that you know it gets when you're looking to have it at 140 degrees. Yeah, it's an app on your for, phone, right? And it tells you, right? So you, if you want your prime rib, medium rare, or whatever, right? Um, that would be, actually be a good idea for coolers. So think of why, not just coolers. So a lot of people camp; they have a camper. Yeah. How many people have? Oh my propane ring it ran out on my camper refrigerator and oh yeah yeah you get to your destination and wait a minute the refrigerator is warm right or yeah i think there's the air conditioning is not working and it's nine thousand degrees in the camper this if if this isn't out there already this would actually be a good idea uh because if you're i do this all the time i'm road tripping and what's the place in Minnesota on Old Tan where there's the fish place? You know what I'm talking about? Oh. Like in Haley, Minnesota or yeah. something. 
And, you know, it's the most unlikely place to find a fish. Middle of nowhere. Yes. But they're busier than all get out. And if we go by there, Alice loves shrimp, right? So we always pick up some shrimp and whatever there. But if you get, you know, if you put some ice and stuff in the cooler and then, you know, and if you're not reminded to check it again a day later or whatever, uh, you might just have a hundred dollars worth of shrimp going to waste. And this has happened to me before. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, it's something that a person needs to make sure that that temperature stays cold enough in there. So they can also work. Uh, there's a ginormous candy shop is south of Minneapolis in the middle of nowhere. Keeps your chocolate from melting. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of good reasons for this. So anyway, so always bring a cooler. Yes, bring a cooler. cooler. And by the way, National Road Trip Day is also National Cooler Day. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we brought that, uh, I forget the name of the company who brought that forward, and we were looking for a day, and for whatever reason, I had mentioned that I was going someplace for Road Trip Day, and they're like, oh, we want to be on Road Trip Day. (laughs) You need to bring a cooler. What what else do you need on a road trip besides a cooler? Snacks. Yeah. What kind of snacks do you travel with? I don't. You don't take anything from no, home with you. You don't. You don't pack anything into your cooler when you leave. I'll grab a few beverages. Okay, but I would rather just get stuff on the way. Now, my wife. <sighs> so when you say half, stuff on the way, you stop at convenience kids. stores to pick up the local fare for well, whatever. I gotta, I gotta stop and get gas, or I gotta stop and use the restroom. I gotta stop anyway. If you dri- stretch my legs. If you're traveling to Montana, for example, from here, would you stop in to get huckleberries? Because they're I love available. Okay. Because you can't find them around here too much. No. Love huckleberries. Yes. Or blueberries in Washington or whatever. Yeah. So so you'll pick up the local fare. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Sushi at the convenience store when you go no. through Minnesota. No. <laughs> Two things not on the list, gas station deviled eggs and gas station sushi are not and should not be anyone's list. Why are they even sold in these places is what I, I want to know. I just think it's I love funny. sushi. I love deviled eggs. Yeah, but just not, not gas buying them at a gas station. Yeah. Not just, happening. That's a lot of no. trouble built in. Well, my that. wife, she's like, oh, let's pack all this stuff. And I'm like, really? Because the extra weight and the gas coming from the guy that will drive 20 minutes out of his way to yeah yeah let's 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 talk about uh, common sense here again she, yeah she just packs everything well i might want a snack like i can stop and yep. get a snack because if it's in the car i'll eat it that's the other reason so that's why you don't pack well i always put the stuff way in the back you know and it's nice if you go back and get a beverage while you're traveling mine's usually See, root a little, beer. little cooler beverages Right behind the seat, I can reach them while driving. Gotcha. Yeah, I like, I don't know what it is about root beer, but I love a cold root beer on a road trip. Just saying. And and a lot of places, that is still probably the one soda pop. I'm not going to say soda or pop or Coke. Yeah. I'm just going to say soda pop. That has sometimes a local flair yet. Yes. You can find root beer made in these kind of, offbeat places you get into wisconsin for example around like the jelly stone park area and around the dells there's like three or four kinds of root beer that's made in that area cream soda is also in the same boat yes that's and exactly I, I, right i've been on this cream soda kick lately i love good cream soda um 
Orange is also an oh, app. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So another app, by the way, uh, not and I'm not trying to promote a particular road club over another, but you know, I'm looking at my AAA, uh, and I haven't obviously opened it for a little while because it's uh, downloading some stuff right now. But AAA has a lot of great discounts and things in there. Yes. And my guess is that if you belong to another road um, hazard type of, I'm not even sure who else is out there, quite frankly. But I know there are others. I think like the major car companies too. Like I know Jeep. I have I own a couple Jeeps, and I know Jeep has a an app too, and it's road yeah. hazard and stuff in it too. But well, and it depends. Do you subscribe to their local app? Or, right. You know, so you know, OnStar, for example, with GM products. Uh, if you subscribe to that, you get some certain things. A lot of insurance companies will do the road hazard stuff. So. AAA had to kind of reinvent themselves because they were the roadside service company. But when a lot of insurance companies and, and different avenues started doing um, the roadside service part of that, then how do you reinvent yourself as a company? Well, the app and the discounts and the mass bulk purchasing power afforded them to do that. Well, and I'm just looking at you know, there's a, a feature called Near Me in the AAA map, uh, app, and that is really about the discounts. So if you're looking to save a few dollars while you're road tripping, this is a great app to use. Always a good idea to road trip. Always a good idea to save money. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Welcome to May 20th, 2023 in the National Day calendar. Today we celebrate Barry Bliss and slowing down to the speed of streaming. Your heart performs 365 days a year without missing a beat. So isn't it fair to give back to the hardest working organ in your body? Million Hearts is an organization that's dedicated to preventing 1 million cases of heart disease and stroke in the next five years. Visit their website, millionhearts.hhs.gov, to find out how to take care of your ticker. That's millionhearts.hhs.gov. The United States loves its strawberries. They're one of our most popular fruits and lag only behind bananas and apples in overall sales. But nobody loves strawberries more than the people of Belgium. In the small town of Vapion, you can find a whole museum dedicated to the berry. Here they offer the history of strawberries in the region, along with samples and tours of local orchards. If you're lucky enough to be in Belgium, you can feast on the many varieties of strawberries, along with everything from baked goods to beer made with the fruit. On National Pick Strawberries Day, take a trip to your own local grower and discover just how good a sun-ripened berry can be. 
There was a time when if you wanted to watch a season of an entire TV series, you needed to go buy a DVD box set. Right. Then in 2012, Netflix changed that forever with a show called Lilyhammer. It's the story of a New York gangster who's living in Norway, and it was the first streaming series in TV history. Nowadays, we are overwhelmed with original content from streaming services, but back then, this was highly unusual. Although Lilyhammer was only a modest hit, this show paved the way for things like Bridgerton, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and all of the Marvel shows. On National Streaming Day, grab some snacks, curl up on the couch, and get binging. Do you guys remember when Dave Letterman had his mom uh, covering the Olympics in Lilyhammer? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine a gangster store. Yeah, oh, I think it's pronounced Lilyhammer. Lilyhammer. That sounds more like a gangster. I like that band. Lilyhammer. Lilyhammer. Give a little lemon in there. Pardon me. I'm Anna Devere. I'm Marlo Anderson. Thanks for joining us as we celebrate every day. Bring me the Lilyhammer. Being a teenager is tough. There's the constant pressure to be liked. Endless worrying about college. Cyberbullying, high expectations, all the negativity. There's no question. Being a teenager is tough. And what do North Dakota's teens do when they want to block out the noise and clear their heads? We play! <laughs> Research shows that teenagers who participate in high school sports have lower stress levels, more confidence, and greater self-esteem. And then there's the biggest benefit of all. High school sports are fun. Not just fun. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> Encourage your teenagers to participate in a sport or activity when they go to high school. They'll stress less and smile more. And they'll be laying the foundation for a happier, healthier future. This message presented by the North Dakota High School Activities Association and the North Dakota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Just whether it's turning into high school football games, monitoring the patterns of incoming storms, or catching your favorite talk show, these are just some of the ways listeners depend on North Dakota's AM radio stations. And we need your help. Text AM 52886 and tell Congress to keep AM radio in cars. This ad is aired by the North Dakota Broadcasters Association and this station. Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from EBC News. I'm Dave Packer. Intense fighting in Ukraine around Bakhmut. Russia says they've taken the city. Ukraine says the fight is not over. ABC's Tom Sophie Borage is on the ground in Ukraine. Battle zone near to here is very dynamic and active. We've just spoken to two Ukrainian commanders in this area and seen evidence of how that Ukrainian offensive near Bakhmut is very much ongoing. Ukrainian forces releasing new body cam footage, saying it shows troops advancing, firing and throwing grenades at Russian positions, and a Russian soldier 
soldier seen running away. Ukrainian President Zelensky arriving at the G7 summit in Japan today and asking for more help in fighting Russia. He's already gotten some from President Biden. The U.S. will now allow Ukrainian pilots to get trained to fly American-made F-16 fighter jets. For months, Biden, who's been wary of a dangerous escalation in this war, held back, but several allies publicly supported the idea, and Biden changed course. Russia has responded today, the deputy foreign minister warning that Western countries face, quote, colossal risks if they supply Ukraine with those jets. But a U.S. administration official suggesting that that day likely won't come soon. From Japan, President Biden monitoring debt ceiling negotiations in Washington. No meeting set for today, and the clock keeps ticking. The U.S. facing default for the first time in history come June 1st. After talks stalled Friday afternoon, negotiators for the GOP and the White House met again for about 90 minutes Friday night, but say they ended the closed-door meeting with no progress and no set plans for the next meeting. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy warning an agreement has to be made by Sunday for Congress to have enough time to pass the bill. ABC's Chuck Sievertson in Europe, a wildfire blamed on arsonists. In southwestern Spain, firefighters are struggling to contain wildfires that have so far burned more than 18,000 acres and forcing more than 600 people to evacuate their homes. Strong winds are hampering efforts to extinguish the flames. That's ABC's Lama Hassan. You're listening to ABC... Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, sunshine, a high near 78, a bit breezy at times. Tonight, partly cloudy, 49. Hazy sun for Sunday and a high near 81. Sunday night, clear skies, 55. Breezy Monday with a high around 86. Tuesday, slight chance of a storm, 86. Try Grandpa's Barbecue Sauce, made from an original family recipe. Get it now at grandpasbbqshop.com. It's 73 at our studios. In communities across North Dakota, AM radio stations like ours are vital connections to emergency information, weather updates, local news, sports, and entertainment. And we need your help. Text AM to 52886. That's text AM to 52886. And tell Congress to keep AM radios in cars. This ad is aired by the North Dakota Broadcasters Association and this station. News, talk, and sports for Bismarck Mandan. Super Talk 1270. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. And we're continuing our conversation on continuing road down the road and traveling. Yes, down the road. Down the road. So you going to a dog show? I am. For road trip day. I am. Road trip day. Memorial. Road trip day. Yeah. Memorial weekend. weekend. Yeah. Kind of the kickoff for a lot of people travel plans. It's kind of the unofficial start to summer, even though we still have about a month to go before spring is done. But uh, yeah, a lot of people travel. Uh, it is the Friday before Memorial Day is the biggest road trip day of the year in this country, and National Cooler Day, which I did not know about, is on that day as well. Yeah, National Road Trip Day, National Cooler Day. So yeah, uh, we're just talking about how you make your travel better. 
using apps. Uh, anything else on your phone, Steve, that you use? I'm kind of looking at mine right now for when I travel. Well, the big ones that I use are the weather apps, the Google Maps, the Gas Buddy. Um, if I need lodging, uh, I will usually use whichever hotel chain that I've got a rewards with. Okay. So uh, I guess I've been doing that more and more too because the the loyalty programs are right. you know pretty pretty good. Uh, Book one night, get two free. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm absolutely. In. Uh, but if you're not doing that, then you can use, um, you know, like Orbitz or Travelocity or whatever. Those are usually pretty good. So I have a story to share with you, and everybody should pay attention to this, by the way. Um, this is a couple of years ago. I'm in Rapid City, and you know, I didn't book anything for that night because I didn't know really where I was going to end up. So I'm on um, Orbitz, and I'm looking for a hotel room, and... I forget on the on the east end of town there is like one with a water park and everything in it, you know. And not that I want to stay there, but there was some rooms there, and I had booked the room, and it was a great price, like fifty six bucks, whatever. Because a lot of times they'll have like these last minute deals, right? You know, it's after five o'clock in the evening. Hotels want to fill up their rooms, and and so they'll offer discounts on them, right? So. I booked that room. I went in there, and there's a couple in front of me that had just walked in, and they didn't have a reservation. And they asked, you know, what's the price of the room? And, again, I had just booked it. I was in their parking lot when I booked this because I just figured that would be the best route to go. And and I'm standing in line there, and the the person who's waiting on these two the um she's like well it's like 142 dollars and i just wanted to grab them and say go outside hop on orbits and save a hundred ninety ninety bucks they would have saved ninety dollars if they'd have booked that through orbits at that time and they just agreed to it and paid it and if i hadn't used the app i'd have probably done the same thing you know but they didn't know any better you know, there's there's nothing wrong with saving a dollar or two while you're traveling. That's more than a dollar or two. Yeah. I mean, that's a good meal. Yeah. A really good meal. Well, maybe a meal so and a half. that comes back to the whole tech side of things. In, in all these different apps, it, for me, it's an organizational side of things to organize all these apps. Because, um, and, and I used to do that a lot. I'd, I'd go to a Travelocity or I'd go to an Orbitz because I, I kind of have an idea where I'm staying, but just to double-check the rate yep. and see if there's a better price somewhere. And, and probably 60% of the time there would be. And have you ever had anybody fight with you at the desk? No. I, I have. Because you booked through. Yeah, I'm like, uh, Travelocity right here or Orbitz or whatever right. the... And they're like, yeah, that 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 room's gone. Really? That no, is interesting. It's not. So I've had that happen in the middle of nowhere before. So mm. the technology behind it is great, but as long as somebody's honoring that, because decisions made at a corporate level with a hotel or an ownership level at a right, hotel right. don't always filter down to staff. Right. So what is that? That comes back to lack of communication. It's you have to have at at the end of the day, there's a human factor that has to be functioning as well. Yep. And 
you know, and I used to have this on my phone. I think I'm going to do it again. You know, like across here, I have Google, Samsung, and I guess another Samsung one. A person should have, if you do a lot of traveling or are going to go on a road trip, you should have a folder on your phone for the apps that you use for travel, right? So you're not digging through. You should go through your phone and just put those apps in that folder so you can tap on that. So if you need to know, you know, like to book something with Orbitz or have TripIt in there so you can tap on TripIt and say, hey, you know, this is the confirmation I have for your hotel. You know, you can't fight this too much because I have this confirmation number that I'm staying here tonight. So going back to you having a fight with somebody or whatever, you know, if you have that confirmation number, there's not much they can do about that. Well, I guess they can still say no to you, but um, but it does have, you have that proof. And that way you have all your stuff organized in one place. See, I don't have a folder, which is actually a good idea. I'm going to do that, actually. But yep. I do have travel stuff on a page so i'll have the hotels that i stay at or the groups of right. hotels that i stay right. at on the same page with the airlines that i fly right and, and all the airline apps so i'll group all that stuff together so i can just flip through and it's everything's right there on a page which is nice yeah so either way just have some type of organization you know what screws it, so. with that though what's that it, and you mentioned samsung so i will too because i have a samsung when it puts Apps to deep sleep. Oh yes, because you haven't used them for six months or yeah, something, and now now it's road trip season. And where's my app at now? I right? haven't. Yeah, it's like where'd the app go? Because yep. I haven't used the app in six months. Well, it went bye bye. Yeah. So trying to find that when you need it. So, which brings up a great question: Do apps go into deep sleep if they're in a folder versus just being on a page? Yeah, they'll go into deep sleep no matter what. So it's not a bad idea, actually, to just check your deep sleep, um, you know, go into your settings and go to, you know, it'll show you the apps that you have in deep sleep and you can take them back out because you're right. Uh, if you use stuff like if you are, you're, you're coming into road trip travel season and there might be some apps that you just haven't used for a while, like like Gas Buddy. You know, you you go to the same place all the time while you're in town here, and now you're in road trip season, and all of a sudden, where's my Gas Buddy app? Yeah, you don't even if I think drive about across it. North Dakota, I know the three or four gas right. stations that I exactly. always stop at because I know they're the cheapest gas stations. Yep. So I I go there, so I don't use Gas Buddy, for example, in in North Dakota traveling. Yep. But if I go to South Dakota or Wyoming or Colorado or Montana or Minnesota or Iowa or Wisconsin. I need that app, and it's sleeping. So what else on your phone besides apps, and I guess this kind of falls into the app, uh, can you utilize to help you while you travel? Calculator. Well, that's true. I, I use my calculator. What do you use the calculator for when you travel? Receipts. Because if I'm doing business travel, I, I track receipts and expenses, and and I add things and subtract things, and then stick them into an app so you don't because i i I have a travel app for for receipts for receipts right right okay uh and you just scan those right right okay and it categorizes them so if you're buying gasoline it knows that and it puts it into okay but i'll figure out mileage quite often i see with see how you're doing or whatever yeah Yeah. the calculator yep so what about like uh important documents i mean would it would it would it be valuable to have a picture of your prescriptions with oh, you? Absolutely. 
So instead of, because people don't carry this stuff a lot of times. I travel a lot for hunting. It's okay. convenient to have your you take hunting a, license. You take a picture of the hunting license and well, have it on your phone? I'm redundant. I'll screenshot whether it's a hunting license or the barcode for flying. Right. Um, I'll screenshot it right. and have the app. Right. So, yeah, so try if, to be redundant and have it both. So if you have a prescription that, that you know, in case you lose your prescription, you know, you sh- or your pills, you should have like a backup of the prescription. Maybe it's not as big a deal as it used to be because a lot of us now have this stuff on, you know, there's a way to access it online too. But Well, but um, that brings up a great app. So there's a lot of doctor apps that, right. that are out there that right. if you're traveling... You need access to uh, the one that comes to mind, my chart, um, locally here. Yes, you you need to have access to your medical history, yep. your prescriptions, and for me, all that's right in that app, in my doctor and, app. And there might be other documents too that maybe you need to have a picture of or whatever that that you should carry with you. So you should have that stuff. In I have a place. digital copy of my passport. Not a bad idea. I have a digital copy of my birth certificate. It's heavily secured. Yeah, that those things are good, especially if you travel internationally. I know somebody who lost their passport, and they had a photo of their passport. They actually took photos of each page, and I guess the process. Uh, they said that within two hours they had a replacement passport. Right. Because of that, uh, if they hadn't done that, it could have been days. You know, so that's I, I like that idea a lot to take pictures of those type of. So things. I have a folder of important documents okay and then i have a folder for work documents so if i'm traveling i have a digital copy of of things that aren't buried in a work email because it makes things way more convenient although that reminds me i'm at 98 (laughs) percent capacity i need to go in and clean that out but so thank you for reminding me that uh but what are the important documents you should have so you mentioned the prescriptions passport copy of your driver's license um you know what else should you have from a travel and is there an app for that yeah and i think you know that i think for a lot of people that could be different you know because documents that you and i consider important might not be as important to somebody else so but you've picked i think the ones that are pretty general that are important to people so but um, the other side of that too is make sure that they're secure yeah yeah, put them behind a password or something. Yeah, you don't want things just sitting on your phone. Somebody that, steals your phone or right. whatever. Now I mean, they got your passport, your social security card, or birth right. certificate. Right, and that would be a redundant license. type of protection as well, right? That you have put a password on that particular file or that folder so that people, if they do break into your phone, they have just one more layer of protection from that, for sure. Well, yeah. and that brings up two versus three authentication and then the security is going in a lot of different directions yep. the tech ranch the tech ranch getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek marlo anderson so we've been talking about travel apps travel tips because of uh, road trip season coming up pretty shortly we will have this entire list at the techranch.com so if people want to go over there, if, you, if you're catching the last half of the show or whatever, or just want the list that we talked about today, you can check it out. TheTechRanch.com. Don't forget the. 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 Tech. Tech. Ranch. Ranch. Like ranch. Like what you dressing. put on your, yeah, on your salad, right? 
Yeah. But don't put <laughs> salad in the name. <laughs> the TechRanch.com. TechRanch.com. Yeah. Just like the just like the show. Yes. The Tech Ranch. Yeah. So there are other, there's other news, you know, we should probably talk about. So artificial intelligence continues to dominate everything. In fact, which is where we started with this on the road trip stuff of being able to have that personal assistant with the artificial intelligence that is managing an itinerary, a trip. Uh, you know, how cool is it to just go into your your artificial intelligence app? And go find me the shortest, cheapest, fastest route with the cheapest gas where I can get my snacks and go to the bathroom every hour and a half. Boom, done. So you can kind of do that now, but I'd be willing to bet by road trip day 2024, there will be concierge type of services with artificial intelligence that will do everything you just said. So from a business perspective, let's talk about that a little bit. So you're a business and you're on a major transportation route. So you're the gas station in, you're the coffee cup in Steel, North Dakota. Okay. How do you program in? Because if I pull up uh, a Google map, there'll be ads that pop up. There'll be different uh, points of interest. That's one of them. how do you work as from a business perspective with an AI because you got to monetize at some point uh, to get your name out there on that list to be that point of interest to be that place that people have to stop and where I'm going with this is there's been a lot of conversations and when I was mayor of Bismarck we had these conversations on tourism and what ecotourism looks like and there was a lot of onus on the connectivity between Minneapolis and Medora trying to finish up that route because there's a lot of people that hop in their electric car and want to go on a road trip Um, getting those waypoints in there what's the role of AI or how does how do you see that happening with AI from a marriage of business versus, well, we're just going to do this efficiently? It's the great unknown, in my opinion. Um, but there's there's some things that I think are going to happen. Uh, you know, speaking of concierge services, right? So you're an app um, that's got an AI built into it. Let's just pick on AAA. Uh, my guess is that the AAA app at some time in the future will have artificial intelligence put into it. I mean, most apps like that will have that. And the purpose of the AAA app is, I mean, really AAA is about the service while you're on the road, right? Concierge of service. Yeah, I mean, if your car breaks down and you're a AAA um, member, I mean, that's the first call you make. Right, because you need to have a tow or or whatever. Which brings up another interesting point. Do, do you call AAA because that's what you used to do in the past? Right. The AI or, will probably handle that for you. Right, or do you just talk to your AI and your dash on your vehicle and go call AAA yeah. because I threw a belt in which case AAA um, does the call even get there because maybe AI has a solution for you that is your wife wearing pantyhose. Well, you can get to the next town by using the pantyhose as a serpentine belt to get from where you're at stranded to where there's safety. Or you can wait three hours until they come to you. Right. So there's a tipping point. 
know, is that going to be an option where it's like, okay, what's the hack for me to get to the next service station? Right, right. I'm sure there'll be all those Because I don't want to wait three hours. But on the business side, AAA then could go out and say uh, to, to the coffee cup in steel, how would you like to be our preferred uh, referred business within 20 or 30 miles of your location when people are looking for gasoline, when they're looking for uh, a quick lunch on the road, whatever, you know, so they'll probably sell packages like that so that they'll be the preferred. And then, you know, after that, they'd list a few others. So that would be my guess as to how they'll monetize, like what you're talking about, you know, search as we know it is going to go bye-bye for the most part because artificial intelligence is just going to take over everything but so how do you get to the top of that list with what's, artificial intelligence and that's going to be the conduit yeah i i think there's so many different ways right now and it really is the great unknown um you know there are ways that you can i don't want to call it tricking you know google or whatever to get to the top of search engine list but really? but if what you're those? if you're I really good if you're really good at it i we guess could talk I've, during the break i guess i've done some of that but but it's um it's not going to be the same you know so and, and maybe some of it will be relevant but I think it's going to become hyper-localized, and, and it'll be really interesting to see how artificial intelligence does referrals to businesses. Uh, because if you're looking for, you know, ideas on where to eat out tonight, you know, artificial intelligence is going to give you a list of six or eight places, probably, or whatever. And, and it might know. But specific to what your appetite is. And how does it know that? You train it. Well, right, but you 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 might occasionally, you know, you might not go out to eat for Chinese all the time, and then tonight you're kind of interested in having Chinese. So then you, you know, the AI is going to suggest a bunch of steak places because that's where Steve likes to go when he goes out to eat, and tonight you want to have Chinese. So it doesn't always it's know that. read your brainwaves off the chip that was implanted, right? <laughs> Well, there's that. By the way, there? the coffee cup and steel does have deviled eggs. How about sushi? I have not seen sushi. Have you had their deviled eggs? No. Okay. Just wondering. And you're right. I have seen deviled eggs there, too. I've had their sandwiches. They're pretty good. The sandwiches are great. Yeah. So maybe their deviled eggs are okay, too. I'm not going to try. Okay. Just saying. Just saying. So, yeah, I think AI is going to be interesting when it comes to road tripping and travel in general. Uh, I, I do believe that within a year... More and more people will start. Uh, you'll you'll probably pay to have some type of virtual assistant that is like your AI. You know, Snapchat already has one out there. You can name it and the whole bit. You know, travel agents, AI travel agents. Yeah, yeah. Well, so think about it this way though. So how many people? And I know several that they know they're going to take a vacation. They know they're going to go someplace over Christmas and with travel around the holidays it's a nightmare yep and it's expensive and i have several friends that have no idea where they're going they're what do we book at the last minute that's going to get us out of here yep what a space for ai oh ai find, is going to dominate find me a that. last second trip that's cheap oh hey i i got two tickets to this all-inclusive resort on the other side of Jamaica for nine hundred dollars. Right. All-inclusive, right? Airfare included, four-star rating, the whole bit. Yeah, right. yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, it, but if you're in that position of being spontaneous and, and that's an option that people have to work for. Well, but right with now, AI, you don't have to work. Right now, Wendy does all that for you. Right. right? And she spends hours and hours and months hours and hours months right, ahead planning this time. stuff out. Yeah, right? Not and now, the last minute. Now you can have an AI just, just uh, set it up for you. And if it doesn't find the right deal, you can say, hey, if you can find me a deal that's 900 bucks, I'm going to take it. The Tech Ranch. Super Tech Ranch, where technology is our passion. Let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. So, in other AI news, medicine. Fascinating. Actually, AI, In I, I just watched a story on this the other night. Uh, AI in conjunction with robotic medicine, the robotics involved, what can they not cure? It's going to be really interesting. So, so MedQA-USMLE. Data set, um, and it's it's an AI. Okay, I'm going to back up a little bit here. Should we know that the MedQAI USMLE data set is a multiple choice questionnaire based on the USA's medical license exam? So, getting a high score essentially means that the AI could, in theory, get certified to practice medicine in the USA. It passed the exam. Well, when AI first came out weeks ago um that was but that that's what they were doing they were running through these professional courses where it takes what well, took the years bar years to be a, a doctor yeah years to be i a think chat gp the in the first week that it came out somebody figured yeah. out that it passed the boom, bar passed the bar so boom passed med school yeah so now now it's passed so it had a score of 86 and a half percent as per the study conducted by the group so the study is currently available uh to read if you want but it's it's interesting. Oh, and I can see. So they did this. So ChatGPT. I'm looking at the chart here. Oh my goodness. So basically, from December 29th when or December 20th when ChatGPT first came out, uh, they did they did a they did this uh, um, exam. It got a 33 and a third percent on it. Okay, and then every month since it just continues to go up and up and up. It's like and, North Dakota students trying to pass the bar. Yeah, and every month it gets better, and uh, right now it is at. And this last one, it went from sixty-seven point two to eighty-five, eighty-six point five. It's going to ace. It's going to have a hundred percent here in the next month at this rate. Right. That's well, crazy. And, and I've seen too where different segments are already at a hundred percent. So, give me the portion of the test that deals with patent law. Right. Done. Give me the portion of the test that deals with criminal law. Done. So do you think there'll be some time in the future where it's going to be the second opinion will be an AI for a while? Ooh, that's scary. So you'll have the first opinion from a doctor, and then you'll have the choice. I would like to have a second opinion of your diagnosis. Can I have the AI do this for me and see what it comes up with? Yeah, but which AI? Well, you, Do you yeah. want Bob? that didn't do well the first four times that he took the test before he aced it? Or do you want uh, Wanda, who aced it the first time through? I suppose that's a good question. But it's a legitimate question. My my question is different levels of AI. So, you know, and you and I have talked about 
having, it's really no different than each person individually. Right, having yeah. to teach AI to write or think like you yep. with ChatGPT. So will it become to a point where that second opinion is the doctor? Ver, because you're going to have your own personal health care. Yeah. For example, and people should be engaged with their triad of care. So it's you, your medical professionals, and is there going to be four now? Because you're going to have a, a personal health care AI coach. So why wouldn't you have that? Because they're going to have to put a chip in your head. No. And- no, I don't think so. I mean, some people maybe people are going to fight this. I, I mean, people aren't going to let go of that level of control. There's a lot of people that will. So now you're coming down to the morality side of. I don't think it's letting. Discussion. It all depends on if you're going to get chipped or not. I know. I, I I think there's still a level of care that you can have that's significantly better than what we have right now. And this isn't a slam to the medical profession at all. But as a well now, but it's just it's just going to get significantly better, right? So now yeah. the question is: Is it a tool or is it the be all end all? Right. So I'm hoping that it is a tool. Is it going to be able to diagnose breast cancer at fifteen, twenty years earlier than what a mammogram would? Of course. That's exactly what's going to happen here. You'll you'll be they'll be able to look at you. They'll look at your blood makeup. They'll look at your genetics and say you have a XX factor of getting a particular type of cancer or Parkinson's. I mean, they already have these these markers, but well, we talk about the, the eye droop side of things, where, right? Where they can you can download your facial expression yes. over 10 years or yes. five or whatever yep. it is. And it can go, wait a minute, AI can go, you got something going on here right. because there's a little tick on the left side of your face. Right, right. That's exactly right. So, you know, AI is going to be able to pick up on all this stuff a lot sooner than what, and it'll, it'll just be able, because it has, it has data across many, many instances that it can combine to create a case study that then looks at you and says you fall into these parameters. But where the difference, I think, is, and this is me, is do you rely on the AI to do the diagnosis or do you rely on the AI just to pick up all the cues? So I think the cues is going to be the first thing, and then I think a doctor will come in and and hopefully give you the diagnosis. But you never know. You never know where that's going to go. The uh, um, I had a very interesting dinner last night, um, and we were talking about functional medicine. Are you familiar with that term? Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be interesting that an AI who's, you know, you have an artificial intelligence that's monitoring you, and because it, it detects that you're coming down with a cold, and maybe by this time AI has figured out the things that it can do to help you fight a cold or whatever, that it says you should eat some extra asparagus during this meal because it will help offset your cold. So I think that those type of things are really interesting when it comes to artificial intelligence. So from a market perspective, and, and <laughs> what keeps going through my head is, uh, okay, so in three months when AI is a doctor, 
Because the other side of this is we have to remember this just started, like just out of the gate. So if you think about the speed at which things are happening and, and AI can be a lawyer or AI can be a travel agent or AI could be a doctor, uh, I mean, blink. It's just blink. It is crazy at the speed at which things are moving. And I do believe that healthcare will probably be the most significantly impacted sector of all things when it comes to artificial intelligence. Because it's going to be able to do deep dives into things that we've never even thought about before and look at large amounts of data and compare that data and come up with these markers that we're talking about that will, you know, and it, and if, if you knew that you're going to have Alzheimer's when you're 20 years old, I mean, does that impact your life? Of course it does, because there are treatments that can be, that can be given now. There, are, there may be foods that you can eat. That, well, that's the old theological question, though. If you knew the exact moment that you were going to die, would you want to know it? Well, I wouldn't want to know that, but I might want to know that I'm going to have something 20, 30, 40 years from now that could impact my life. That's... And if I, can, if I can do something now to offset that a little bit, I would do that. Now, there's four basic spaces for healthcare and that have been phenomenal. Robotics space. You mentioned the data space. Yep. The AI, which is unbelievably going to change the robotics space, because a lot of the things that you can and cannot do from a medical perspective um, is the fourth space. Think of nanotechnology. Yeah. So you're able to, on a molecular or cellular level, go in and fix a strand of DNA. Or, have you have you seen nanobots yet? Yes. Or and, and that's where I was going with this. Yeah. Which, sorry, didn't one, mean to take your thunder. One of my favorite movies, <laughs> uh, Fantastic Voyage. Um, but yeah, the ability to go in and fix things at the cellular level. So there's been a lot of work with nanobots in the last couple of years. The one that was probably most intriguing to me, and I'm sure this is going to, with AI now, is just going to go off the hook, but of course they inject nanobots into your bloodstream, and these things are in there. Well, this particular nanobot, would actually it would actually seek out and attach itself to cancer cells. And then when enough of them were there, there was actually a device on the outside of your body that you could use, and I forget the name of this thing, I mean, no different than like an ultrasound type of scenario, right? That when we act, that would react with this and it would actually heat up the nanobots and kill the cancer with heat. Wow. Yeah. Simple as that. Sounds no like surgery, no surgery, no chemo. None of this. And you look at that or think about that and you're like, oh my goodness, wouldn't that be something that we could just inject things that would seek that seek these things out and destroy them? Well, it's almost like having a filtration system, another filtration system, because you take a look at what your kidneys do and your liver does and filtering out those bad... Right. Okay, fill me up with these nanobots that are going to go in and constantly 
enhance my white blood cell system. Right, right. It's going to go and get rid of the things that my natural immunity, my natural body can't attack or can't manage yep. the attack. Okay, we're getting into some very, very interesting space from a an ethical perspective. Well, there's, and I know I showed you the video. In fact, we on, on our Tech Tuesday segment a couple weeks ago, we did actually play that video. And the that timeline. You, yeah, and, and by 2045, supposedly AI, according to this timeline, will hack the aging uh, code, so to speak, and be able to st- to reverse aging in human beings. And, and so that we'll live to be three, four hundred years old. And we think we're crowded now. Yeah. Or have a housing shortage or a food shortage now. But does, does, yeah. I mean, well, because there, there's a moral and ethical side there of is, that too. That there is. Where's the tipping point? And, and, well, people oh, have less children though. Right. Or, you know, who can afford that technology? Well, there is that, and that probably will be the big thing to start. But then, of course, by 2050, they talk about the age of abundance, and then money isn't even needed anymore. So then what does that do to... That'll be fought significantly as well. I'm doing math right now, so 23... (laughs) 25 years from now, 27 years from now. So... You know, you'll be you'll be eighty when when you can start reversing your age. So you might be able you might be able to make that. Just saying. Well, I'm just looking forward to the fact that they're not going to have to stick my head on a monkey body. You would actually look good on a monkey body. <laughs> You're close now. I'm close now. <laughs> you and your monkey bodies. Wow. If it works. If it works. Me and Ted Williams. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, but, so, so our, another different space, the last couple of minutes here we've got, so think of a, that was a thing several years ago. It's, it's still kind of sort of Monkey is. bodies? No, the the removing someone's head and freezing it to which time they could cure. Yes, yeah. the cryogenic. Okay, so. So it wasn't, was it just the head or didn't they, didn't they freeze the entire they body? They yeah, okay, both. okay. So, depending on how much money you had or which school of thought you prescribed to. But is AI going to be able to bring back a consciousness? Well, there's talk of that. And there's actually talk by, like, the year 2100 that you won't even know the difference between artificial intelligence and the human body because you're going to be so integrated. You need to speak French? No problem. Oui, oui. Wouldn't that, I mean, you think about that possibility. To me, that's a little scary. Like, you know. So that last second vacation, we're going to France. Found a great deal. That's right. We need to speak French. Right. Or, Or all of a sudden, somebody's having some type of medical issue in front of you, and just instantly, you'll you'll look at that. The AI is going to say, oh, that person's having a heart attack. These are the things you need to do. And even though you didn't know that before, now you know. Wouldn't that be something? And you'd have that acquired information, that knowledge at the speed of AI. Right. The Tech Ranch. Super talk. The Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. 
So you're getting tired of the smoke? Yeah. Yo, this could hang around for a while. Okay, I'm just picturing my favorite South Park episode, which is any of them. Um, and those darn Canadians. Those darn Canadians. Those darn Canadians. It's... it's it Terrence is so, and Phillips started the fire. It's so early. Not, not I know this is you know not tacky, but I'm just uh, you know I was stunned on. Well, there's a lot of tech that goes into firefighting. There is yes. fighting wildfires. I was stunned on Wednesday when this came in, though. I mean, it was beautiful, uh, and then it became. We had a little thunderstorm, a little wind, and right behind that is when all this smoke just came rolling in here. Stuck behind the cold front. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went downstairs for about 20 minutes to uh, return a couple of emails and do a little work on the computer. Went back upstairs and went, what happened? Well, you think that there's a fire going on around you here. It's hard to believe. I, I thought there was a fire across the street. 1,500 miles away. Yeah, because Canadians don't put out wildfires. Well, what are you going to do? It's in the middle of nowhere. How, how are you going to fight that? Then there's a hun- 150 of them raging right now. A million square miles. Million square miles. Million square miles. How are you going to put that out until it snows? Ooh, and it's this is the thing. I mean, this is this could is be something, August in Canada, so we might be okay there. This, yeah, well, that's true. But this is something that normally would happen in August or September. I mean, it's May, and we're dealing with this already. And this could go on, you know, and and of course, since Wednesday, it's been on and off, more on than off. And cold, but it's it. This could hang around on and off for a significant amount of time this year. And will this actually lower the average temperature for us because all this smoke is in the sky? So then the sun is not able to warm up the earth as normal. Well, it did is on Thursday. Oh yeah, you, you could feel it right away. Temperatures right? and they're like, yep, fifties, sixties. Yeah. So I just. You know, saying that our, our continuation of the weirdest weather we've probably had in our entire lives in a year is happening this year. I'm waiting for the locusts next. Oh, no. we, we Actually, we had that a couple of years ago. <laughs> locusts? Especially in Montana. Well, yeah, yeah. You drive mean, down a road in Montana without sliding around. Oh, my goodness. Did you see that? Did you see the earthworm warning? No. <laughs> so it was so wet earlier this week that I, there, that's there were, not on my app there was there were parts of minnesota that they actually had an earthworm warning because there were so many earthworms coming out of the ground that it was making the ground out of the road slippery <laughs> <laughs> i've seen frogs before with that i've seen grasshoppers locusts before i've never seen an earthworm warning is that on my weather app? I don't know if it's on your weather. I'm sure it is if it came through the weather service. Or maybe a DOT app. Like I said, I'm waiting for the the locust and what what else we is supposed to be at the end of days. Lots it, of pestilence. It feels like it right now. Yeah, I just yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying it is. So don't don't listen to me. It's just kind of one of them it's been just one of them weird weather years. Well, already. you won't have to worry about it when Skynet takes over. So Well, that's that's kind of where I was going with all or, of this, or is you know. It the Matrix. It could be both. Or is it idiocracy? All of it combined. Oh, that scares me now. Should we tell people what we're working on now? I think we can. Can we? Mhm. Yes. We have the license. You do have the license. So, and I was I was accused last night of changing the yeah, world. And it's very techy. 
It's pretty techy. Okay, well, after your Las Vegas incident, do we want to share it? I don't know. I'm um, I'm not sure. But let's think, think about that, and we'll talk about we, it next week. Okay, that's quite the teaser. Yeah, it is. It's pretty significant, but, but it though. Is could be pretty significant. Yeah, it could be. It could be. It's it's going to be something that that uh, and and the fact that I have this NASA, you know, it's called the meatball, right? The the logo mm-hmm. they call it the meatball. Um, you know that you know we can actually put stuff out. I think it's a little undercooked, though. Maybe the meatball. Yeah, it's blue. It is blue. I like my medium rare. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, you're right. We'll we'll wait till next week on that. It's probably going to take us longer than a couple minutes to talk about anyway. Definitely. But you know what we could talk about for a couple minutes What's here that? is um, the process and just a little teaser. You came up with a great idea, ran it through NASA because of something that they'd come up with. Because you and I have talked in the past, you want to get a great ROI, return on investment, give money to NASA. Oh, yeah. Na- 7x return on money yes. spent with NASA. Yes. NASA has a return rate that is phenomenal. So what's the process like going, hey, I've got this idea, and how do you vet it to NASA? I think there's a, it's not like it, it, NASA hotline. Uh, yeah. You got a great idea. What what is it? It doesn't work like that. Yeah, um, or did it in your case? Well, it kind of did in my case. Really? I mean, it really you know it's just a matter of bouncing ideas off a few people. You know, so um, yeah, I, I I don't know the process. I mean, the straight up process for for giving ideas to NASA, but it happens all the time. You know, there are universities that come up with better ways to make spacesuits. You know, I'm picking on UND, for yeah, example. University right? of North Dakota. Yeah. I mean, they're they're working on the spacesuits for the next moon and Mars landings, you know. So I think you can get into the game just by being imaginative and, and maybe getting a little press. And that's not that difficult nowadays. I mean, if you have something that's unique and cool... You know, you post it up on social media, and, and somebody will write about it. Or, yeah, you put, or put it, it on, on TikTok, and then the Chinese steal it anyway. Well, you put it on anything, and they'll probably steal it nowadays. But, but yeah, I mean, that's that's to me the the route to go, and you know, you get some attention, and and you're off to the races with with NASA potentially. So, from a security perspective, I, you know, protocols. What I mean, most people just don't go, hey. Bob over at NASA. <laughs> I get this idea. Um, but in a lot of cases, NASA will come up with these things, these devices, these inventions, and then it's a case of an application for that. Right. And and a lot of the things that, that we have in the world nowadays, I mean, there's so many inventions that came out of NASA. And then, you know, they, they actually have a program that you can go in and apply to use their patents on different things, you know. So anything from microwaves to I was going to use Tang, but Tang didn't come from the space program. Although I like Tang, I, I do too. Actually, I had some for you know a while, not that long ago, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this stuff is actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can you can uh, look at their patents and, and you can actually go through a process and prove to them that you can actually take this to commercialization. And they'll probably approve it, and then they then you pay them a royalty or a licensing fee back, which is where they make their money. 
You know, so the United States government makes money back on these inventions that NASA comes up with. And we should we should give all of our money to NASA. <laughs> and we'd be out of, we'd be out of the debt in like a couple of years, you know. Thirty one trillion dollars yeah. of debt gone tomorrow. Gone. <laughs> but but the way it works is most people don't bring uh, uh, an idea or an invention to NASA. No, it's usually it, the other it's, way around. It's the application right. side of things. Because they'll, they'll invent something because they're working on uh, you know an issue that they're having uh, with the next launch or whatever, and something will be invented, patented, and then you're able to get it. We need a tricorder. We do. Flux capacitor. Hey, we'll see everybody next week. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch, 